Welcome back, everybody, to the Dusty Bender Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chance Watson. With me, as always, Taylor Wells. Wells! Episode 68. Uh, it should be 69, but uh, I'm a fucking moron. So, um, You said it. Yeah, I said it, not me. Uh, we, we, I would I would never say something like that about you. I know like you that wouldn't, and you. That's, that's why I did it for you. Thanks. Um, yep, no problem. Uh, so we're coming at you. We've got a lot to cover because uh, I forgot to post the last episode. That's on me, uh, robbing you guys of this this golden content that we that we, that just comes from Such our mouths. Yeah. Um, we have a lot to talk about, but I, I we I know we wanted to first go into the Kraken because God, I, I'm okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this off to you first, but I want to start it by saying. For most of this stretch, this must be the most frustrating team to watch I've seen in a long time. <laughs> because they do the right thing. Like, they're not a you – watch, you watch Montreal. They're bad. Like, it's – when they lose a game 4-1, to one, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, because they're bad and they're getting outshot by triple and they're, they're, not, they're not good. You watch- the defending runner-ups, dude? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we'll get into the uh, defending runner-ups uh, in a little while. It's on our long list of things to to, to touch on. Um, but yeah, so since we had last talked, you and I actually went to a cracking game together in Seattle. Hey-o. Uh your duckies your duckies gave them a spanking. Eh, a little bit, yeah, just a little bit. Um, talk a little bit about that experience because I know we have some people that want to to go to that game. Uh, what are your thoughts on the on the CPA? Because I refuse to call it the Climate Pledge Arena. Oh, I like CPA. Yeah, that's I, uh, it, they'll do your taxes as well. They they will. Um, I, you walk in the door. I'm sure they do your taxes. <laughs> we should reach out. <laughs> that's to, my favorite part. Yeah. We should get a CPA to sponsor this show. Yeah, let's get a let's get a tax assistant to sponsor our show that was sponsored by a bookie for thirty episodes. John Smith <laughs> of CPA Utah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But yeah. Uh, I'm sure locals still probably call it the key arena. Yeah, that's the that's the way to do it. It's the key. Yeah, key. Okay, that makes sense. It should still be the key, but CPA is much better than the mouthful that is Climate Pledge Arena. Ah, God, it's even it, the name is bad and it's a mouthful. Oh, so wow. what were one those, only one of those is bad? Yeah. So what are your thoughts? We we came in, we saw the building. What what did you think? Uh, well, I had a very nice buzz going in, but enough about me. <laughs> um, security was easy. I mean, everything getting in was super easy. Like, you gotta, you know, it's you show your vaccination card, your birth certificate, your passport. Right. Which, you know. I'm gonna be honest, they didn't really check very closely. I, I probably could have. No. I probably could have filled it out with crayon. I probably could have pulled in a Vander Kane and. <laughs> Showed them a you know my fucking library card and they probably would have just. I saw like four or five of Vanderkanes there, you know, like just guys with like totally made up vaccination cards. Yeah, the guys didn't even look at it. You know, they were like, "Oh yeah, it looks right. absolutely." Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not arguing that's not important, but I mean, if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna require that shit, like, like don't just like wave me through like I just showed you a bus pass, like. 
Like, actually... Is it cool if I bring in my 9mm as well? Okay, so let's... We yeah, could, no, that's fine. We could talk about that, too, because that's secu- <laughs> the security was just ridiculous. Like, it's... That's hilarious. They have, they have these things that look like metal detectors, but obviously don't do their job. <laughs> they cardboard. Because They I, borrowed them from the fucking <laughs> bum on the... Like, down the road. Like, they... He's been making them for years. Like, a, like a gust of wind comes in, and they kind of wobble because they're just cardboard. <laughs> Like they got, Don't worry, everyone. They've got like the like they took magic marker and they just like drew like little lights on there and everything. Like it just says security. <laughs> um, yeah, metal so, detector. So I, I, as we were walking in, I realized that I forgot that I had brought my pocket knife with me. I, I carry one with me everywhere. Um, and I said, "Oh shit, I forgot that uh, they want us to believe that this is like TSA level security." Uh-huh. Um, but. I've also been in a situation like this before where uh, I, I knew that the security isn't that tight and it's it's more of an affectation. So I just stuffed it in my boot and I walked through the metal detector and it goes off, obviously, even though they didn't ask me to take my phone, my keys, my wallet or anything else out of my pockets. And I look at the guy and he just waves. He's like, go on, go ahead. <laughs> so it's like, cool. Like, I, it's I just, again, the the... If you're gonna do it, I get it. I understand. I, I might not like it. I, it, you know, North Idaho boy, it kind of, it kind of irks me a little bit. But I get it. And if you're gonna do it, do it. But that is just, that's just. <laughs> it just, it reminds me of a bit. Like I, all I hear during this entire thing is just Louis C.K.'s voice, and he's just the security guard. He's, you know, the the thing goes off, and he's like. Oh, you look like an upstanding citizen. Yeah, yeah come on, come on in. You look great. <laughs> I I understand. Right. The metal detector went off. I get it. But you don't look like someone who would ever shoot this place up. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> You're fine. Watch some hockey. You right. Fucking dick. Well, and not to mention, like again, not not to defend my situation. I know the rules. I pro- I should have had more foresight, not brought in the first place. But that being said. Look, I could have walked down to the fucking team store and bought in two mini hockey sticks that are like solid wood and probably caused more damage. So could you imagine just one guy, just like like a guy in a mosh pit, just like hammer. I'm just imagining what's the guy from Star Wars, the, the bad, the bad guy, the general or whatever, where he's got the four <laughs> arms. And he's General grievous, Kenobi. yeah. He's just, he's just got two fucking knee hockey Just sticks, running just around just beating the shit out of people down. with him as you run down the hallway. Yeah, so that was... General Kenobi. That was, that was rough. And then, um, but, so we're up, up to this point. I'm laughing about it because it's ridiculous and they're not doing their job. But, but I understand, like, the vaccine card, I get that. I understand that. Mm-hmm. And, that's, that's and why they don't want people bringing sharp objects into the game. I understand that. I'm not saying they're doing a good job of either one of those things, but I get it. Mm-hmm. Then the mass thing comes in. Like, this is supposedly an arena where everybody is vaccinated. So uh-huh. I, I maybe am a little of like, okay, is this really necessary? But then again, now going back to are we actually enforcing that? Because the rule is is that you have to have it on as long as you're not eating or drinking. Well, Wells, what was the first fucking thing we did when we got in that building? I think I took a piss, but okay. Well, then I'm. Sh- I hope you were masked up when you had your dick out. No, I definitely didn't. I was. <laughs> I was talking to everyone in the girl that's next to me, just coughing all over. And I was like, oh, "It's gonna be a good game." Fuck. Um, what do you think? We got smoker. Don't worry, it's just smokers' lungs. Right. 
um, we got beers, and yeah, it's like, and, it, and knowing us, like it's we're not like a I'm gonna take a sip every five minutes. Like we're gonna take a sip every thirty seconds, kind of thing. Yeah. So it just, I needed a hole in the front of my mask. Right. For fucking right. Drinking. And it, it, I wasn't even trying to be like a like I wasn't trying to be like uh, just being a dick to be a dick about it. I was literally like I'm 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 literally going to be drinking the entirety of this game. Like <laughs> so I just I I don't think I ever wore my mask once in there. Granted, only one person yelled at me about it, but I think that was oh good. what was her was it Susan. It must have been Karen? Susan. Yeah, Karen. Ka- Might have been a Karen. Karen. Yeah. There's one it now is that lady next to the elevator. Ah. Uh, she yeah. she asked me to put it on and then I did. But then after that I had a beer in my hands the entire time and uh, that was there was that was it. So It's um, just because you looked probably like a carrier, you know. <laughs> She's no, like, we that guy's get... got that guy's got a pocket knife and COVID <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I fucking know. He looks like he's from Idaho. Yeah, it's an Idaho guy. They didn't, isn't it? They didn't get COVID in Idaho, so <laughs> uh, um, I, I, no. honestly i i wore mine probably majority of the game yeah, when we were when we were seated i i did took it off because what the fuck are we doing you know everybody's got theirs off i was i was probably in the 10 percent of people wearing the mask probably 60 yeah. percent of the time yeah you were doing pretty good with it honestly i, I just, tried you, i tried i gave it a go right you know? i was gonna say but honestly like what are the realistic expectations like it the, yeah, and and that one I don't even. Th- I, it's it's not fair for like the. I don't like that idea of like forcing staff to have to do that. It's like when you know, like when a when you're forcing like teachers to like enforce like hat rules or something. Yeah, like okay, you're asking them to do an impossible task. Cool. It it's you're you're gonna appreciate this example. It's like being a state trooper in Idaho looking for weed violations. Mm. Like you. You are ne- you can seize as much weed as you want in Idaho. You are never going to win this. Like it it's a tidal wave coming from Montana and Washington. You are going to lose this fight. <laughs> uh-huh. So enforcing it enforcing it at the Washington border. Right. Like how the fu- it's it's an unwinnable battle. So like going up to somebody so in this going going back to the example, like going up to CPA staff and be like, "Yeah, you need to make sure anytime you see somebody without a mask, you got yep." Like that would be your entire job. Don't serve them. Right. Okay. Let's let's go to something that might might irk me the most of everything, and you can chime in on this because you actually made a decent point about it. But when we got beers, we were handed some pretty cool cups, right? Uh huh. Yeah, aluminum. Aluminum cups. Like we almost mm-hmm. like wanted to keep them and like pretty and, cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty sturdy. Um, and we were told that the idea behind that is because it's you know they're recyclable. Right. And first thing that you and I think when we hear – like, we, we literally were like, cool, we can refill this. Mm-hmm. Nope. No. <laughs> we got, like, this – like, we were the idiots. Like, they looked at it like, no, we can't can't refill your cup. What are you thinking, you dummies? <laughs> or, like, go fuck yourself, dude. <laughs> Try to save the fucking world right, right now. Right, like, just- this play – this fucking, fucking Banes. This fucking uh, monument to supposed uh, <laughs> green energy. Uh, I can't even fucking get a refill in my cup. They would literally... Not only did they take our aluminum cups and throw them away, but then they would op- They would crack open a beer in- already in a can and then pour it into a new <laughs> aluminum cup and then throw that can away too. Yeah, I want to know who's who's like... Who's their aluminum provider? You know, like, 
They're fucking making it right now. They're so loaded. They are. They're some somebody was somebody's some I don't know who or why or how, but somebody's making a lot of money right now. I couldn't believe that. Honestly, that like, was bl- I, blew me away. Do, I don't remember if you if you remember, but I I tried to talk the bartender. And you literally did. My fucking like glass. you tried to have a logical conversation with this person. <laughs> Dude. And he's like, he's like, you know, not saying that he's lesser of a person than me because I was wearing a mask, but he is. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm literally like, I'm like, dude, just fill this motherfucker up. I'm not I like, I don't need six cups in two periods. Like, I'm going to look like a fucking for one. I'm going to look like a drunk. I just fill this one up. So nobody knows what I'm on right. besides my, you know, my hand with my fucking right tick marks on it, you know? <laughs> it's just so unreal. It was I. Oh, it just blows believe, my mind. Even like the green wall. Like we walked downstairs and went to like that wall that like it says Climate Pledge Arena and it's all green mm-hmm. like with plants. They're fake fucking plants. <laughs> They're fucking plastic plants. Yeah, I mean the air quality in there was garbage because of it. Right. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Dude. It's okay. It sounds like we're absolutely slamming it. Let's let, let's do. It. So okay, as somebody who, wa- who I went to Key Arena beforehand. They actually absolutely did a cool redesign of the place. It's it's complicated to get around in there, but it looks cool. The atmosphere is cool. The lighting is great. Um, yep. The pre-show wasn't anything spectacular, but it, it was cool. Like I loved like the dark, the blackout with the with the blue lights and all that. It's just because you've been to a Vegas game, right? No, I haven't. Oh fuck! But I but I know I'm very familiar with Vegas pre-game shows. Yeah, I mean it's so I, I've been to two of those games. Two. Three, two games, and um, it's a production. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't hold a fucking candle to it, but like it's cool, you yeah, know. Like I, it's every other NHL arena in the fucking they did, league. Yeah, they did fine. Um, the, yeah. the layout of the arena was really cool. We had seats, very cool. We had seats. I mean, maybe eight to ten rows close to the ceiling. So like you're thinking bad seats, but because of how the arena is laid out and like how they went down into the ground, I thought our seats were great. Our seats were phenomenal. Like they for... weren't obstructed or any like how how the seats lay out. You had a clear view of the ice. So I've been to I've been to Staples Center and watched the Kings play the the Coyotes actually. Mm-hmm. Um, that rink we we were at the wall though we were as far as back as you can get as far up as you can get. It was trash, dude. I honestly I I pulled that game up on my phone. Um. And it, but comparatively to the CPA, I mean, yeah, I mean, for 165 bucks for those fucking tickets, you, oh. I mean, we better have a damn good seat. God, in the house, but. I, I know it's it sounds like we're just ragging on it, like we had a horrible time, and it's not. Oh, we had it a was, great time. Like we had a great time, but like, man, like, we just love to bitch. It's that's true, but I mean, honestly, and it's it sucks that like, I mean, ticket prices are so high right now, and with it with, I don't know. It, the, the, I mean, the arena's packed. The fans were awesome. There were good both both Kraken and Ducks fans there. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I love that, that there was that mix. Uh, for such a young team, the fan base is so passionate. And they, they mm-hmm. just, you know, every time Grubauer made it, Groo! Yep. You know, that was that was cool. That made my heart, that, that, that made me happy. Um, I think it was the Veterans Day game, so they did some shout-outs to vets, and that was cool, too. Yeah. Um, One yeah. of the things I, I, I actually pretty I appreciated about being there, too, uh, about seventy five percent to twenty five for you know Kraken seventy five to to twenty five percent Ducks fans I think was was probably close to what it was. Um, super friendly, 
you know, and I think I think that's that's a, a that's a different thing. Like going to Staples Center, I'll bring up Staples Center all fucking day because Kings fucking suck anyways, and their fans are even shittier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> love you guys, whatever, whatever. I um, love you, but fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. I mean, my tiny little our tiny little fucking redheaded friend almost like. I almost had to punch some dude in the face because he was trying to fight DJ. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck Staples Center, dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, like everybody, you know, fairly knowledgeable, like you know, good good amount of knowledgeable fans there. Um, only thing was, you know, saying that that Lazan beat uh, Manson in that fight. I think that was probably my only qualm <laughs> with them is because it's just like, dude, you guys, you gotta watch. Like, you know, I get it. You cheer for your your home team. I get it, but like. No, Lazan Lazan kind of got whooped up there, but um, the fans fans were great. But yeah, our seats were amazing. I mean, for for being as cl- close to the fucking roof as you can get, almost uh, our, our seats were great. And so I don't, I honestly, you know, that's our first game, our, our only game we've been to, right? But like, I, I'd be hard pressed to find a bad seat in that arena. And I think that's that speaks to the architecture team that yep. went into CPA and stuff like that. So I really do appreciate that. Um, they sent me like a survey afterwards saying like, Hey, you know, what'd you think of the arena and stuff? And I let them know about how confusing it fucking was. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was, that know. was the biggest problem. Like getting oh, to our seats fuck. was a nightmare. Fuck Christ. I can't believe that dude. Like, there's, there's, no there's, like not, there's like nine ways to go down, but only one way to get up. <laughs> it honestly, like, I, I felt like I was talking to a bunch of Californians that were telling me how to get like, you know, three blocks down. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you're gonna take the fucking I ten. You're gonna hit the the one hundred two, and you're gonna like, I can't, you, I can't even explain. Like, we probably asked five or six people how to get to our seats. Four of them said, "I have no idea." Good luck. <laughs> they and like, the other, and they work for the building. <laughs> they work there. The other one or two were like, "Oh yeah, I think you go over there." So we followed their fucking directions. We had to talk to somebody else because we still had no fucking clue. Like, you can get down to the team store, but getting back oh, yeah. up from it is like nearly impossible. Unless you yeah, want, unless you want to run up one of the three down escalators. Yeah, one guy was literally like, "Yeah, so what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go downstairs to the team store. You're going to want to go through that line. Uh, you're going to want to go through, buy a bunch of shit, and then come out, and I'll tell you how to get your seats." <laughs> no, like, see, here's what you're going to do. You want to go fuck dude. yourself. Yeah. So here's the thing. I have a broomstick in the back. You can go fuck yourself. You're just like, what the fuck are we doing? Please. But then, you know, then, then we found the water. We found the bar closest to our seats, and then it, you know, it was easy after that. We were but in like, the, uh, and they helped us out for a bit. Um, I, I'm, I'm not even going to complain about stadium prices. Like we, we expected nah, that. I mean, like, I mean, they're going to gouge the, you, the, right? They're bad. Like you just, you just have to expect it. You go in and you expect it. Like it's, it was bad. Like we bought. I remember you bought one round of three drinks, and it was fifty bucks, and I was like, fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> best best round of my life, though, yeah, you know. It better it better have fucking been. And you know, it was it was honestly it was a good game. I, so when I usually it was, go it was to very games, entertaining. When I when I just this is just always how it ends up being. I don't think I've been to a game where there's more than five total goals scored. Um, and we were we were treated to I think eleven. Yeah, seven to five. Yeah, that's or t- yeah twelve. Right, so that's a fu- that's a hell of a fucking game. Like that's. That's why you go to a hockey game is to watch that shit. We had two fights, right? Right. I mean, one kind of fight, and you know, Manson and Lazan squared off, and um, God, man, fuck, it had everything. I mean, those those are fun games, and yeah, like you said, I mean, the building was bumping. It was fucking. It's a motive. It's a motivated fan base, and 
Yeah, they were getting beat, and it was they were still fucking yeah. jamming. The, the fan base is going to stick with this team, and I love it because and that's a perfect segue. Let's let's talk a little bit about the Kraken. Um, so that game, the Ducks game, that was in the midst of the Kraken's decline. Um, right. They were on a pretty strong losing streak, and that was just adding to it. I think they lost a couple after that as well, after a you know like a seven one drubbing to the Avalanche um, on home ice. It they didn't really start getting their shit together. So we'll start to that point because at that point we were seeing a lot of stuff that you and I had already talked about and things that were already frustrating us. This is this is a mm-hmm. team of workhorses, guys that have lots of heart and are you know very very high end talented support players. So and that's why it's so frustrating to the watch because they do they do all the fundamental things right. Like you watch right. the Kraken, they win a lot of board battles. They have neutral zone. They control a lot in the neutral zone. That's good. Um, puck possession. They're they're a decent passing team. They put pucks on that. They they I even mean, shoot the puck. Shots. They even yeah. shoot. The problem is they just there's no superstars on this. There's no stars on this team. And yeah, when it comes which, to actually like you know forty shots into the crest of the goalie, none of those are going in. And that's yeah. why it's so fr- like uh, it, that's I mean the best example the best uh, example of this is the god awful power play. They move the puck around so well and they've got zone time, but no one can fucking score. I think to see and that's what I think comes back to it, what we talked about in the real episode sixty eight. Um, I think it comes back to coaching a lot. You think so? Yeah, I really do. I think like. I mean, not saying not saying that they have the personnel, but if you're getting that much zone time on power plays, like there's something wrong with what has been drawn up, in my opinion. Um, and I think a perfect example, and it's only because I'm close to him, but the Ducks power play last year was like literally the worst in like 20 years or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, they have the same personnel running that power play this year, but a new power play coach. Okay. And I do, I really do. I think that's for that specifically has opened my eyes quite a bit to it. I, do they have finishers right now? Not really, but like they need the power play has to be better than it, you know, is. And it's come around a little bit actually. So I was just looking at numbers earlier. Um, it's come around a little bit for them, but fuck yeah, I think a lot. I think I think some of that does come down to you know whoever's running that power play needs needs to step up a little bit. Um, I, yeah, I mean, but let me put yeah. it this way though, like. So before McCann went down, I think was it a COVID thing or was he actually injured? Uh, McCann was COVID. Okay, so McCann went on a, a pretty long, streaky, like three to five game COVID bout. Mm-hmm. During that time, he lost the scoring lead to Schwartz, but up until that point, he was the point leader. He's already climbing his way back in, and he's missed time. Right. Like, the fact that Jared McKinnon, uh, Grant, not to toot my own horn, like I said, he was going to have a breakout year. Um, but the fact <laughs> No big that, deal. That's whatever. Not a big deal. But the fact <laughs> that he's, like, Jared McCann shouldn't be your leading pork, your he, leading goal scorer. He just, he shouldn't be. Right. Jared McCann is a secondary goal scorer. Like, he's, yeah. a, he's a 20 goal, 25 goal guy, you know, in a, in a great... Could he eclipse 30 goals one year? Yes, I think so, totally. But he's realistically, he's a 20 to 25 goal a season guy. Yeah, 
and the fact that he's going to be your leading scorer is concerning. Right. I think this team, like, the more the more I watch them, the more I kind of, you know, dig into them a little bit. Like, they it, – and this falls back onto Francis quite a bit, like mm-hmm. like we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one of the things – I, I know we hate comparing them to Vegas, but it's just natural. We're, we have to do it. Right. One of the things that Vegas had was some young guys who really hadn't – really didn't quite have a chance – up until that point, so sitting on third lines, sitting on fourth lines, you know, but but they were but they were just kind of waiting for that offensive, you know, for that opportunity. Uh, but they they were still offensive players, right? Sure. So I mean, you look at a guy like William Carlson, Wild Bill, like he went from the Ducks over to Columbus. He always had some potential, um, you know, some some offensive potential and stuff like that. He just kind of didn't really have an opportunity yet. Right, uh, and they took him from from Columbus, right? Yep. And he's a, he's a perfect example. I think Marcheseau so and, and Riley to a to another extent, but um, the Kraken didn't do that. No. And I think I think that's where their fail is a lot with this team. Um, you know, they they banked they did they did look towards Vegas for uh, you know goaltending and defense. They definitely took that page out of the Vegas Knights book, and uh, unfortunately, it's not paying off no. for them. Um, but you know, I think the other side of that is that's that's what Vegas did really well is they kind of they took some of those guys not only misfits like Perron and stuff like that, right? But they literally they took some of these guys like that whole that whole line of Carlson, uh, 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 Marcheseau, and, and Riley. That whole line had been playing essentially third line minutes up until that point, but were still young, still you know they had some of that potential. Whereas the Kraken kind of took. Um, you know, passed up on on some of those guys, and you know, took a guy like Schwartz, who is kind of a question, more of a question mark, on top of him really being a second line player his his whole career and stuff. And I think that's where they're I think that's where they're seeing some of these failures is is through that. Um, but another thing I I want to I kind of want to point out as we're, we're you know going over just the broad overview of the expansion draft and stuff. Um, this team actually so so looking at their record since Giordano went down with this COVID, you know, it's I don't actually know if it's COVID. I think it's like he's just sick, and they were like, oh, it kind of seems like COVID. But they are like three one and one since he went down, mm-hmm. and like I I honestly like there and it's hindsight's twenty twenty. But like the other guy that they were going that like people had them taking from Calgary was Oliver Killington, who is murdering. It is, isn't even getting as much time as he should be on Calgary. And that's a whole other fucking subject. Sure. But like, it's just those kind of players, right? Like those kind of guys that have that higher potential, they went with the safe, easy picks. I feel like on a, on a lot of these, um, fuck, I think I, I'd have to double check, but I think the Islanders even exposed Bavillier. Like there was just those younger guys that they 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 just they decided they said hey you know what Vegas did here we don't want to be like Vegas so we're not going to take some of these guys with maybe some of these this higher offensive potential you know we're going to go for these more proven players and Eberle has been pretty decent for them so I I mean that's not a great example but like the the, the Giordano one like they they honestly have been a better team since he went down with COVID and that's 
that might just be, you know, trying to elevate your play with your captain out. Like, I get that. You know, we, we played hockey. We get it. Well, and there's but been some line. There, Hackstall's turned on the line shuffling, blender. Yeah. He's yeah, turned on the line bit. blender. Um, and I think that their team is benefiting from that. Some guys have maybe had a reality check a little bit that you're not necessarily penciled in. Um, Schwartz I, got moved down to third. Yep, he did. And I think that's great. So right now, looking at points, like Schwartz, Schwartz is the top point guy with five goals and 12 assists. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. It doesn't, it's not apparent. Like, I don't, he looks invisible out there. Mm hmm. Um, I just don't see, like, Jordan Eberle, I, I, he's, he has 11 goals and five assists. Uh, ugh, minus 11 plus minus. Um, basically negates all of the goals he scored. Um, but he, <laughs> like, I, you can see him out there. Like, you know, like, you know that he's on the ice. And when he scores a goal, it's, it's, Ah, oh, Jordan Eberle. He fucking yeah. He you know lead the charge kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Yanni Gord's been he's at five goals, ten assists, uh, third on the team in points. Um, he missed some time too. So I mean, he he really since so he's, he's been back. So he's, been he's doing good. fine. He's doing fine. Yeah. Um, and then McCann is at ten goals, four assists, fourteen points, and eight. So he's so okay. Shorts is at twenty two games played. Eberle's twenty two. Yanni Gord's nineteen. McCann's eighteen. So McCann's played. One less game than Gord and significant four games than Eberle and, f- and four games from Schwartz, and he is only three points behind Schwartz. Mm-hmm. So you know you get you get him those four games. He's I I definitely see Jared McCann being the top point guy on this team at the end of the year. Oh yeah, uh, unless they bring somebody in. Maybe Which, that's that's a, another topic that we probably should get into. Yeah, we could talk about that. Um, but let's we could. So, but so, and this these are all criticisms of like a team that is not now. I mean, so they they've kind of used the. In fact, it seems like they broke the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Hurricanes lost to the Senators tonight. Yeah, that's they're something's something's wrong there. I don't know what it is. <laughs> like when you lose a two one game or a three two game, whatever it was to senators it's not because your goaltending's bad like it's not like freddie anderson's having having a relapse like you you need to fucking find a way to score on the senators they've lost four of their last five yeah they're keep going they're yeah. struggling right now i don't know i i i guess i should probably look into it a little more but there doesn't seem like they're doing all that hot and it seemed to have started when they lost to the kraken on home ice or in in seattle um but after that the Kraken have played great hockey. They they've kind of used that as momentum. Uh, there's a little more spring in their step, and uh, even Chris Drieger was getting a couple starts. He's injured again, which seems like he's just trying to fight off you know a reoccurring injury. I don't know what that is. Right. Um. But yeah, a solid win against Carolina. A really impressive win against the Capitals. Go and to their, their best. Their best win of the season so far has been against Florida. Yes, uh, you skipped over the loss to Tampa, um, yeah. and, and they didn't I don't play. Want to talk about that one. Well, but they didn't play bad. Like I feel no. like it's worth mentioning because they did, it's not like Tampa just dominated them and it's it's an expansion team and the the Stanley Cup. Like it was a good game. It was a good game. It's just Tampa is more skilled, and that's how the game went. They were able to shut the Kraken down. They didn't Kraken obviously their lack of offense, and uh, yeah, and and uh, Bazzi's a good goalie. But it was yeah. it wasn't a bad effort. Like it wasn't like like when you and I watched the the fucking the Ducks game, like yeah, it's fun when there's twelve goals scored in a game, but fuck, like make a save, Grubauer. Like you're watching you're watching three on ones and two on two on ones just 
coming out of style. You know what I mean? Yeah. So an interesting an interesting stat for me through this whole thing, and, yeah. and this is just you know, this is just broad. I mean, yeah. obviously, yeah, yeah. you know, um, they're they're allowing the fourth least amount of shots against per game. So let me that let me double check that. It's, so while you're looking at that, let me let's if that stat is correct, do we have a goaltender problem? Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Let's. I. I uh, sorry. Let me rephrase that. They're allowing the second least amount of shots per game. Wow. Second. Okay. Uh, and, and it's not. And it's not. And again, going back to this is the most frustrating team to watch because this is a team like they they keep shot attempts at a minimum and they usually outshoot the other team. Right. Like there, it's so anyway. Go, okay. So Tampa, good game. Just. Tampa's good. Florida right. is a solid win. And again, I think they've broken Florida. Like tonight, Florida lost uh, a bad game, like seven to no, four. They, they won they won seven to four, but they were down. So Florida's been down four to one two games in a row. No, they lost come back. I've come back and won. Are you sure? I mean almost almost positive they won. I tonight. lost two points tonight on Bobrovsky because of it. Yeah, no, they won. Yeah, they lost above four. Oh, they won no, seven they- to four. They beat, they beat Buffalo 7-4. Oh, but Bob Roski had four goals on eight shots. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, that's... That big. seems efficient. Uh, it does sound efficient. It does seem they, efficient. But they were... With the, in, in Florida, this is way off track, but they they were down 4-1 to the Caps, too, and came back up 1-5-4. That sounds right. Um, But e- either way, I mean... That's that's such a huge win. That so that was that was uh, two games ago, three games ago. Uh-huh. Um, and they've just they've looked like they've looked like a competitive team the last yep. say six seven games rather than they just they looked like they were just dead. Yep. When they lost to the Anaheim, I think they lost to like Minnesota the next game. They lost to. Yep. Um, it was it was like lost, a five or six game else, like, losing streak. They yeah. really just started shit in the pool. And uh, oh oh, Blackhawks and then Colorado fucking th- th- just thumped. yeah that was that was like the wake up call where they just came in and lit up Grubauer <laughs> right and then th- so I-, I wanted to bring this up because it was fucking hilarious I was literally dying to this they went down I think two zero or two one two to the Caps and of course my phone blows up and it's Chance the man Watson. <laughs> Just <laughs> shitting on him, just absolutely <laughs> fucking hounding him. Actually, I think it, so. It was actually so. I've just pulled it up. But it was it was only one zero, and group group let in a fucking weak one. He did. He let in a fucking weak goal to Tommy, and uh, <clears throat> it was just it was just the culmination of the last like the whole season up until that point. We had just been watching him get fucking throttled, and uh, all of a sudden they just turned it on for four fucking goals. <laughs> and I loved it. I was just fucking dying. But like, it's good they, stuff. They really, they really have played much better hockey. Actually, since that win, that was a home win for them um, against a tired Caps team. And it was, it was fun to get into it on Twitter with some of the Caps fans because you know they're fucking idiots. And and all those points were very accurate. I mean, like they had just gotten. To, it was a back to back. They were on the flight from California. Like there, there was merit to that. I'm not, I'm not saying that there wasn't. But um, right. But it's uh-huh. a, that's a that's a big win. That's a that's a. You know that it's a championship team. One of the better, best players in the world on that team. Um, you know, yeah, they're tired. Yeah, they're you know they're they're playing. They they were coming. I think that was their last game on that road trip. I yeah. actually. So you got you, you know. got Washington five two. You got Carolina two one, and then they hit the road trip. So Tampa 
0-3. Florida, a statement win, 4-1. They go up to Buffalo, 7-4 win, so that's a good mm-hmm. one too. So they're four and one at this point on the on the they're two and one on the road trip um, since the Washington game. They're four and one, uh, and then their last game against the Red Wings. That's a shootout loss. But hey, man, you can't. Uh, by the way, I t- I absolutely loved that. I thought that was like one of the best hockey games I've watched. Yeah, like that was just it's back and forth. Oh, so good. like two teams that are on the rise. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like Se- Seattle's getting their shit together, but Detroit is also getting their shit together. Um, yeah, like they're they're starting to believe kind of thing. Detroit's kind of a wagon right now. Oh, they are four four game win streak. Look at those game, fucking guys. Four game win streak. Um, yeah, they're doing quite well. We could we could big we, old danglers. We, on we them. talk about Detroit later, but um, yeah, that was. I mean, but losing in a shootout. Like if you're you're on a. Are they getting off this road trip here anytime soon? Yeah, anyway. they're back home tomorrow. Okay, so a four game road, today. Four game road trip. You know, two, one, and one. That's not a bad road trip. No, it's a fine road trip. That's a road that's trip fine. that that's a road trip that continues your season. Right. So right? you think just, about it. They if they go oh three and one on that road trip, they're already done. They're not even make. They're not. They're not going to bring in any guys. Not going to make any trades for Jake DeBrusque like they probably should. I, I think they should. I honestly think, and, and not Why because not? I think that they should try to make a run or anything, but I I think that there is some genuine opportunities here when we get to the trade deadline to acquire some future pieces 100 not just like like you're not gonna it's they they're gonna have they general the man ron francis needs to understand that he needs to make he's gonna have to wheel and deal and build this team from that and not tank like because your team is is good they're not great they're not excellent they're good good is not an is not bad enough to win you shane wright like right. right right now, Ottawa and Arizona are are fighting for that, right? Or Houston, whatever you want to call the Coyotes now. <laughs> Quebec, Quebec, whatever, whatever, wherever they're going. Um, that's not going to win you Shane Wright. That's going right. to get you, you know, like where you're currently at. Like m- maybe you pick top ten, maybe. So do you look at those two teams and go, look, I, I, maybe you know, maybe I do need to get closer to the bubble and uh, start to not necessarily build something in Seattle it's their first year but like you know what i mean like do i need to do i need to start thinking you know some of these trades and stuff like that maybe make a push towards that wild card rather than being a bottom dweller and getting a top 10 pick you know do do, do you think that the Kraken need to do something like that or or yes. should they be all out sellers um no i don't think they should be sellers i don't that selling is not a good idea right now yeah. um because you've are you're not your players aren't. I, you've got a lot of guys that are typically deadline trade bait. Mm-hmm. Like I'll, I'll definitely agree with that. Yeah, but, middle six guys. Right, exactly. Like th- those, and those are the guys that everybody tries to go for at the deadline because the good teams have stars. They don't need more stars. They mm-hmm. need they need depth. They need to shore up their third and fourth lines. Right. So yeah, there's a lot of guys on these te- on on the Kraken that would be very appealing at the deadline, but you can't trim any more fat from this team. So you're trying to tell me that you're going to trade for draft picks in a draft that it's, I just don't see that that's a good option right now. And unfortunately, it's something that we talked about way back when Francis was brought in as the GM, that he, he's just a draft GM. That's what he's been known for. It's what he was known for in Carolina. I mean, look at him now, right? I mean, he drafted a lot of those players that are doing pretty well for them. 
right? Or like brought him in, uh, Niederreiter. And, this is a, uh, this is a good stuff, but... team. It's not great. It's not excellent. But it's it, – this is this is like – to me, this is a def- – and I still – I still stand by my original prediction of like this is a bubble team, mm-hmm. and I still wouldn't rule out a a first round playoff exit. I know there. I know there. It's it's really, early still. Technically, it's still very early. Like it, let's mm-hmm. not to not to use the old cliche of St. Louis, but St. Louis was last in the league and then they won the cup. I'm not saying that they're going. That's an anomaly, right? I'm not going to say that Seattle's going to win the cup this year. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is is that even at the halfway point it's still very possible to climb back up and there's going to be a lot of evening out, like not, not to, not to be rude to you, but I, I think the ducks are kind of punching above their class right now. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I think that they're going to come back to earth. Uh, I mean, at least my boy Troy Terry has anyway. Yeah. They, I mean, they've built a little bit of a cushion that there's, they'll still be in the the wild card conversation. I but think. you've got, but you've got, you know, Seattle, Seattle's doing better. You've got Vegas. That's getting finally healthy again. Right. Um, Calgary is unexpected. Nobody expected Calgary to be playing this well, so that's that's one spot that we just weren't planning on on writing in for a team. Um, you've got Edmonton, obviously, going to take a spot. Um, I mean, the Sharks and Kings aren't going to do anything. Vancouver is, I mean, they're trying to make an argument for Canadian team on the biggest spiral at the moment. So... It's. I mean, I'm not saying that the Ducks are out of it, but I mean, you've got Calgary. Calgary's fighting above expectations because Markstrom is playing insane. Yeah, I. So I, to bounce back to the crack, and I yeah. think what they need to do, um, you can't bring Beniers in next year and and just say, hey, our fortunes have changed, right? Like he's he, you know, he's he's doing really well in college. I mean, he's he's a good player. That was a very good pick at number two. Um, could potentially even be a first line center in, in a few years, but you, you have to have players around him and, and, you know, to jump back on the ducks train, that's exactly what they had to do with Zegris. You know, they had to bring him into a, an opportunity, <clears throat> a place where he's going to have an opportunity. Zegris, the, uh, the future players. Calder, Calder <clears throat> finalist runner up. Yeah. Well, until Lucas Raymond hurts his fragile little face. <laughs> It's not gonna happen though because he's a goddamn. He's uh, a fucking man. He's a fucking right now. wagon. Yeah, but I, but I. So what I'd like to see him do, and that's why I want them. To, I, I want them to show something. Um, you know, do, a player like Nebraska is the perfect, perfect move for them. Even a first where, round, even a first round entry. Like say they lose. You know, even if they, even if they get just one playoff win in the first season, that would be so big. For would be huge. the fan base, like that, people would talk about that game forever, and I think that that would be a huge step forward. In that, it's it's not going to happen overnight, but they need to they need to build. Like they're not in a position to where they need to get. That's just you. If you initiate a rebuild now before you've even gotten off the ground, we're looking at another three years before you you can even talk about this again. Yeah, in I mean, a di- we can't in a division where most of the teams are. Ahead of you in a rebuild, true. Yep, like if 100%. you start if you start trying to go down, you're gonna be the bottom. I mean, you're gonna get the shit kicked out of you for years. That's and that, and that's a great point. I mean, the, the, that's the wrong direction for them right now. I think the, the I mean, yes, these next two drafts are fucking. There's stacked. potential I get here. It. You're talking about veneers. I, look, look, get you and I have talked about it before. You don't even necessarily need a well-rounded superstar goal scorer. You just need somebody that is like. 
just a pure through and through goal scorer. Like not even just a one way, one dimensional play. I, I, anytime I think of this player, I think of like Patrick Line. Line, yeah. <laughs> like I'm not saying we get Line. I'm saying that like somebody like Line, that's just one dimensional. Like he's not mm-hmm. a defensive player. He's not a playmaker. Yeah. He's we. You just need somebody who can literally. Somebody, if you pass him the puck, he'll score. You know who I think they should try to go out and get? Who? Uh, Barboulet from the Tampa Bay Lightning. I oh, really think. Yeah, I think I really he would be think, probably really solid. Yeah. yeah, he'd be great. You know, you play him in a top six role, and, Fuck. you know, the other two guys are defensive, so you just let him go score. It's fucking. Uh, I can't uh, believe that I can't, shit. I, he had an assist in two games with, with the Kraken, which they is let just ba- two games. I'm not as mad about Bastion, but. Nah. But like, still, what are you guys doing? Right, but the guys that you drafted, like fuck, like you're just making it clearer and clearer that you had no idea what the fuck you were doing. How so? Boulay is Boulay is always gonna hurt me because at that time too, they they were struggling, like they were struggling for goals, struggling for everything, and you you let the guy with probably, but I mean, unfortunately, you know, uh, McCann, but like. One of the guys on your team who has some of the higher offensive potential of every every forward you have on your roster, you just let him fucking walk. Mm-hmm. What are you fucking doing? I yeah. honestly like. I know. Well, I'm glad that other episode's not going to be aired because uh, you know that would just been me doubling up on Boulay being let go. But sure, like fuck me. Are you kidding me? Like, it, imagine with Boulay. You know, you could you could have Boulay could have got comfortable. He could have he could have gone and played some first line minutes. Set him with Wenberg, whatever, you know. Well, Wenberg's fourth liner, but that's a oh that's no, a that's that's oh no, Wenberg is first line center. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's fucking a, yeah, bullshit. He's a fucking bum. He's um, just not. Yeah. I'm I'm not trying to say that he's bad, but fuck, he's he's, he's not a first line center. I think I think the reason that you and I are are low on. Winberg, uh, uh, just because, because we've looked at his entire hockey career and we've known him because of you know fantasy hockey and how we follow it and 100 percent yeah and and, and how I, we I know think, his career yeah right and a big a big portion of that is like the amount of people that were saying Winberg was going to be like a 70 point player like get the fuck out of here um but but think about it this way it's if like, you still had Boulay, let him grow into a first or second line role bring in a guy like debrusque all of a sudden, you have that offensive juice in in those two players alone to go with an older guy like Everblade to go, you know, to fill in for a guy like Schwartz right. when he inevitably gets hurt. You know, like you you have some of that that power up front, um, and it's just yeah, I uh, yeah, Francis Francis is killing me right now, and I think uh, you know, I think even even some of the you know fans who who are a little bit slower to hockey and stuff like that right now i think they're even starting to get that feel you know what i mean like starting to realize like hey what the fuck like you know some of the best defense is offense and and we are literally just going into a one three one whenever we have a fucking one goal lead like against edmonton and shit like what are we doing yeah. you know yeah i just no, it's, it's yeah it's they, really they need to, and they, you're they not need getting to, consistent goaltending i thought drieger was playing fine Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, it's obvious to me now that we know that he's fighting an injury, and that it makes total sense now. Like it's that's why his starts have been inconsistent, and that's why like his first get so the one they lost against Buffalo. Like he, yeah. I watched, I watched that game. 
Um, they beat Buffalo, didn't they? They did. They won the game, but because it's not that Buffalo like was getting you know like they they laid over like Buffalo of the last years. Like Kraken would get a two goal, three goal lead, and then Buffalo would climb back. And it, it was it's it's the goalie's responsibility in games like that to keep the lead. Mm. And like you got the goal, they won because for the first time in a long time, the Kraken stepped up with goal scoring. Right, seven goals is, is right. Nice. That's 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 great goal support. Um, but they only did it. They only had to do that because I mean, they they maintained a two to two to three goal lead over the Buffalo Sabers the entire game. Yeah, and it was but but it was because Drieger was allowing them to come back. And now that because he played so well against Florida, That's like he played crazy game. so well against Florida. So when he goes in and he allows four on Buffalo and keeps giving them opportunities to get back in this game, and then he's immediately put on IR. Like, ah, okay, makes sense now. Got it. Well, and I think it's not even that they it's not even that four goals were scored on him against Buffalo. They had a five two lead. Yeah. Right? They they were up three zero going into the second period. Yep. It's so hard on a goalie at that point to basically, you know, not not necessarily stay in the game. But even your defense are looking at that score and being like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna get some points tonight." Yeah, I'm gonna sw- I'm gonna swing some sticks. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stack I'm gonna pad my stats a little bit. Yep. So they stop playing a, a full shutdown defensive game at that point. Also and, fair. Yeah. So I mean, you know, going up three rip instantly, you gotta expect Buffalo to claw back a little bit. So I, I don't think four goals in that game against Buffalo is, you'd have to is watch not there was, a Drieger there, thing. There's one that sits in my mind. Like, it was a power play goal by Buffalo, and it wasn't even, like, a, a like a hard-worked goal. Like, it was, they, they took a shot on one of the far posts, and Drieger stopped it. The puck goes behind the net. And instead of doing what any <clears throat> professional goalie would do where you, like, you, you see, you know, you acknowledge that the puck is going to the other side of the net, you slide over and then hug that post, Drieger literally stood up and did a 180 like he turned around and then tried to hug the post Mm. which to me shows that he didn't want to stretch out Ah, like normally there is an injury there that's that's what i that's where i picked up on that like any other goalie like it's i mean that's that's goalie warm-up 101 you're sliding from post to post oh i just watched it yeah you're you're definitely you're right yep oh you did watch it yeah i just watched it yeah yeah like he he, literally turned the rock like in fact, a goalie coach probably got pit. You'd never do that. No. You never turn your back to the play. And he yeah, literally it, turned around. Yeah, like nonchalance, but because it looks awkward. It does look awkward, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like if any other goalie would slide to the other post. I yeah, I wonder if that's almost even the play where he felt something. Maybe. It's very possible. But like you that's know? that's where it sh- that's where it was like, oh, like uh I I don't want to sit here and say like he was being lazy and just let that goal in. I have to, th- I, to me, I have to think like he did not slide over because he's fighting a groin injury or something. Right. Yeah. And it's it's too bad because honestly, like he that win against Florida, that's such, that's a team boosting win. He played so well, and he we needed so it because Grubauer is not playing well. No, clearly, clearly. clearly. I mean, literally, like. Not even the eye test. Like the eye test is telling you, telling me Grubauer's not playing well. No, the eye test shows stats. that he's way out of his net. Yeah, um, and stats even back it up. Like his it's just, angle, it's his nuts. angles are off. Like he's just not playing. And again, not to toot our own horns again, but we've always said that Grubauer was overrated. We're not saying that he's bad ever, but he's. I mean, 
he benefited from being in front of a very or behind a really good team. True, very true. And but we've seen before. So who would he play for before that? Capitals. Caps. Yeah. There's a reason why he never got the starting job there. It's true. It's a reason. That, there's a reason that they. I, I think they traded him. I don't think they let him walk. I think they traded him up there. Um. But there's a you know there's a reason that he didn't stick around long term with the Caps. Is, if they wanted him, he'd be there still. Right, and I think injuries injuries has always been a big thing with Grubauer. So the fact that he's still healthy is a plus because we don't have Joey Decord in fucking net while Junior's sure. out. You know, so I mean that's that's a plus in general. But Decord, the Kraken had fuck. 17 17 shots against the Lightning. That's just that's unacceptable too. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's just there's so many problems right now, and I you know. Again, you know, I'll I'll, circ- I'll I'll kind of turn back around to um, Hackstall's not Hackstall's never really been a super successful coach. I know we backed him a little bit just because he had a he had a winning record with Philly when he was there for bad. Years. He's not doing terrible, but I I think some of that does fall like you also have to get your team up to play these games, right? Where I think Gerard Gallant in Vegas did a very good job of the the narrative where he you know he even came out and said like. I was literally telling the team, nobody else wanted you. Yeah. Right? And, like, he just he found that, that little niche that made them play a little bit more. And I don't think Hackstall technically, like, you know, obviously I'm not in the locker room, but I, I don't know if he necessarily has that. It, I'm going to give him I'm going to give him credit where credit is due in the sense that it seems like he has realized his mistakes and he's tried to fix them. So, again, mm-hmm. we'll go back to mm-hmm. the line. We'll go back to the line blender here. Like, Wenberg is finally back to the third and fourth line where he belongs. Right. The 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 Alex Wenberg experiment of first line center, like, yes, I understand that he was probably trying really hard and he was putting in the effort, but it's Alex Wenberg. Like, it it doesn't matter how hard he tries, he's not going to be a first line center. Ugh. Yeah. You've got it's like that is that is why you have Yanni Gord. He does so much for the community, though. Yeah, it's right. So let's make him fucking <laughs> first line center. Let's put him on power play too. Brilliant. Oh shit. Yeah, I I'm with you on that. I think. I think that's a good that's a good you know going the other direction with Hackstall because yeah he he needed to put Schwartz on the third line he needed to put Winberg down to that third line because uh you know Yanni Yanni Gord he's our de facto first line Well and line you've center. got guys that actually like let me put it, and again I we hate comparing it to Vegas but we're doing it anyway like you need to give these guys opportunities to where you can find your Will Wild Bill Carlsons and your you know like mm-hmm. your hidden stars like guys that right. Have never had a good shot before because they've been buried on a roster, but they've had you know this talent. We know who Alex Winberg is. Alex Winberg. Mm-hmm. Alex Winberg has had so many fucking opportunities. It's not even remotely funny. He was the first line center in Columbus. He couldn't get it done. He was given the opportunities in in Florida. He couldn't get it done. Like it. He's not. He's not a bad hockey player. He's not a first or second line center. He's had two two good years. One year where he was still a second. He bounced between second and third line center on that Columbus team. Yeah, he piled up had, like 40 assists. Yeah, just all assists. Uh, last year, and and the reason that people were so excited for him, and, and rightfully so. I, I mean, if you're not, you know, if you haven't been following his career trajectory and stuff like that, like obviously with fantasy and just you and I, I mean, you know, anybody that's kind of watched the game for a little bit in general, know what he is he played with fucking jonathan huberto last year all of mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. right you, you you're gonna tell me that one of the best left wings in the league isn't padding that guy's stats like go right. fuck yourself right you know what i mean so like the, the expectations i think on him 
He can be a complimentary high. piece, but he can't make 100%. the line. Hundred percent. He's a third line, third third line. Uh, you know, second line at best. I'll give Ugh. him. Se- he played second line for Florida last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in and look at Florida now. Right. But anyways, you know, like he, he is. He's he's just the guy. He's winning faceoffs, right? I mean, that's that's what he's there for. He doesn't do anything else. Right. He passes it up from the fucking defensive zone, and you know, a star player like Huberto goes down the ice with. I don't know Patrick Hornquist or you know Duclair last year, and scores a goal. Like I mean, that's that's just what he does. He's just a second. He's a secondary assist guy. Uh, he's I'm he's looking nothing at daily special. Face-off. I'm looking at daily faceoff right now. I really don't like these lines. I know that Eberle's out. Actually, in fact, we're missing a few people: Jaden Schwartz, Jordan Eberle, Mark Giordano, and Cali Yarncrook are all hurt or on IR. Oof, that hurts. Um, yeah, so there's some. So I don't. But I'm looking at this lineup right now. First line: Tanev, Gord, and Donskoy. Yikes! Um, second you're line: gonna, You're going to tell me you're going to play him in second line center over McCann? Oh, fuck oh on this one, McCann is on the third. So second line: Johansson, Winberg, Appleton. Ugh. And Mason, I, I do actually. I really I like. Do Mason like Appleton. Mason Appleton? I do. I do like Mason I, Appleton. Yeah, um, I like but, him and I like his game. But but that's shit, to me. This is a third line. Like in fact, this third line: Donato, Geeky, and McCann. Uh, I just, I don't, I'd almost make that argument that that's the second line. They have more offensive talent on that third line for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ge- Geeky's the closest thing you're going to find to a, a, you know, an up and coming goal scorer. Geeky is the closest thing they have on this team to a guy who just needed an extra chance. Yep. And has, has that offensive potential. And that's, you know, that's not even saying much. Uh, sure. That's, that sucks. Um, I, I do like, so ever since Giordano went down with, um, you know, a, a turf toe or whatever he's got. Yeah. Um, I, I like the way Vince Dunn has played. Yes. Uh, so I think, I you know, I, I know they're going to move, as soon as Giordano's back, they're going to move right back up Elise- to that role. I think even Elysiac is stepping up. Uh, yep, 100%. And I think Larson's actually played a little bit better since he's been, you know, kind of – I think he I think he had some rust for some reason. I, yeah. I'm not sure why, but I, I feel like he had some rust. He's been playing a lot better. But, like, I mean, Vince Dunn needs to probably be – I mean, I love him with Larson because Larson is a full shutdown. You're just letting Vince Dunn essentially be that fourth forward. Right. You know what I mean? I, lo- right. I love that. I'd much rather have something like that than Giordano, who is like maybe maybe he was sick or was hurt or something. Yeah, like- but and see, I don't. And that's why I criticize. I, I granted, in hindsight, I don't know. I don't know who was also available from Calgary. Killington, dude. Killington, like, dude. I, I look. That's crazy to me. Gio is not. I. You're gonna get a year or two. He's gonna. He's not this. Giordano's he's not the guy done. to play to 42 years old. No, and get he's probably good. done next year. Yeah, he's this is probably his last year. He's gonna be captain of the Kraken and retire and be the first player. <laughs> They're gonna retire his number because he was the first captain of the team. Oh yeah, fucking put him in their afters. Yeah, boys. absolutely. Fucking dumb. Um, yeah, it's, like, it's and, tough. and I understand. Like we're being critical of a very injured squad. Like as soon as Eberle and Schwartz and Yarncroft come back, you're bouncing. Probably who's getting bounced? Uh, Sh- Riley Shahan's gone. Cole fucking Lind, dude. Cole Lind Come is on. he's sticking around for sure. Yeah, um, no, he's probably gonna move up to first line out. Cole, <laughs> Cole Lind, and probably even Colin Blackwell, who I, I think has injected a little bit of grit to the squad, but he's replaceable. Mm-hmm. Um, when you he's when a the, fourth line guy, I, yeah. I like him on the fourth line. I do. Yeah. When these when but when Young Crook, Everlay, and Schwartz come back, that's we're gonna get we'll we'll get something better because I liked what I saw. 
when we when we had everybody. So that game before Eberle mm-hmm. got hurt, like I loved that squad that we had. It was it was a good line that seemed, you know, I think it was McCann, Appleton, and somebody else on that second line. It looked it looked really good. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's crazy. <coughs> I, I know Schwartz is leading point getter, but he like you said, he's invisible. It doesn't it's seem Eber- like. I, I looked I, every time I look at that. I'm like, how? Yeah, like I don't see him. I don't even hear his name. Ever, ever, well, and I think that has more to do with you know you see the goal scorers a little more obviously, right? But like, um, like it just Everly has just he's more noticeable in game, whereas Shorts is Shorts is playing like Weinberg right now. Like you just you see him on a secondary assist, or you see him just yep. kind of floating around out there. Yep, like he's you know. You could have had someone like Tarasenko. I know they didn't want to bring on a bunch of fucking um, bullshit. You know, they didn't. You know, they didn't want to bring that shit out. I think. I think actually they technically got done from St. Louis, and so you're basically you know trading Vince Dunn for for Tarasenko, who's having a, a pretty nice renaissance year. But like, it's just a lot of decisions like that up front where I would have liked to see even one or two more of those kind of decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz mm-hmm. your defense can play defense. I mean, that's that's one thing, you know, like look, we're always we're we're always going like you should be looking at Vegas to drafting an expansion team because they went to the fucking cup in the first year, right? There's no excuse not to be looking at that team and the Kraken even came out like Francis and all, you know, uh Mandriki, the 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 analytics lady like they all came out and said, like, look, we're you know we're, we took into account what Vegas did, and but we're not gonna we're not gonna you know em, emulate Vegas. Why the fuck not? You know, like why the fuck wouldn't you? They literally like and have been a have been a powerhouse since they fucking mm-hmm. came into the league. Like why wouldn't you look at that shit and look at the fact that like yeah, I mean you know you don't always know. I mean even from an analytics perspective, like you don't know who's gonna potentially be good, but like. You should have taken at least one or two more guys who, fuck, can put some pucks in the net. Tarasenko, put some pucks in the net. You know, let let some of these younger defensemen like Flurry and Susie and stuff play defense. You know, and like it just yeah, it's crazy and it's it's really been interesting since because I've Giordano on my fantasy team. It's been interesting to see the crack and what they've done since he's been out. It just tells me he's either was dealing with something else. Or he's just slow. He's just too slow for the game anymore. Yep. Um, and and you know, yeah. I, Kraken Kraken got some work to do. I honestly, I, I've liked. I've been really intrigued with their last few games, so I can't complain too much. Mm. But they, I think they honestly, I think they still need to make a move. And, and Debrusque is a perfect move for them. I think it's. I think it would be a great move. Would Might work out for both teams. Might be good. Or there's there's a situation. There is a situation brewing with Vegas where. They could be one of those teams that picks up a nice complimentary player. I, I mean, again, your your entire team is complimentary players, but mm-hmm. you, Vegas, the, the Vegas is stuck in a situation now, and this is maybe can segue into uh, us talking about Eichel here. Okay. Um, I the Vegas is in a is in a problem. Uh, they have a huge. I, <laughs> I was joking about it with Ken from Sinbin. They were talking about it on there. Uh, I don't know actually what happens if you're just over the salary cap and like one, if everybody, if everybody who's hurt with Vegas golden Knights comes off of IR tomorrow, they are over the cap. I don't 
don't know what happens. <laughs> Gary, Gary Bettman with his, you know, country club shotgun just stops you in the fucking uh, hallway, like, to the rink. I don't know. He just has a master key to the fucking freezers below the ice. Turns <laughs> him off. He's like, it, we're not playing today, boys. It's a fucking lake out there. <laughs> you you have $16 million over the cap. What, like, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was like, <laughs> "What do you think you're Kucher- You think you're the Tampa Bay Lightning or something? Yeah, they give him a five thousand dollar fine per game. <laughs> <laughs> I think Vegas and, would. I think Vegas would eat that fine and be happy with it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. They'd be like, "Yeah, absolutely. We will. We will one hundred percent pay you five thousand dollars a game." And they can be over the cap for five games before, uh, you know, their coach, you know, before Hackstall can yell at refs for the same amount. God damn. So it's perfect. It's perfect Dude. for them. So, yeah. So if anybody didn't pick up on that, that's a good segue into that, too. Uh, I, well, okay. Vegas, real quick. So we got, uh, they did post a video today. Jack Eichel's on the ice after his neck surgery. Um, he was skating scary. around. Looks that's scary. I, looks. I mean, fuck, man. I it It's scary for both the other teams in the league. Ducks. and the ducks yeah uh and then it's scary the for well it's scary for the gm because i, I honestly yeah. think that they were hoping i i honestly think vegas uh front office was hoping that they could pull a kucherov where eichel was going to be injured all season and they could activate him in the playoffs but so where where do you think they move money from where where can they possibly move money from on that team the most obvious the, the most obvious solution you got to trade riley smith yeah. And it's and it's gonna hurt because he's one of the three. He's like one of the three last misfits. Yeah, and but who? So I mean, who fills that void though? That's the only concern that I would have with moving a forward. I almost I almost would move a D. You you can't. Who are you gonna trade? I, I, who are you gonna get rid of that that can eat the cap space you just signed? I that you just took on with Eichel. I mean, I guess it yeah, has to be Shea true. Theodore. It has There's to no, be. Th- because you, because you're, you're saying you're Martinez won't Martinez. clear the space. It won't be enough. Mar- Martinez is what three, four, four, three or four. Fuck. Oh. Yeah. It's not enough. You'd have to That's move. A, you have to move a big contract, and it's just not. It's just not going to work. They're going to have to trade. And plus, Martinez is the cheap. They don't want to move Martinez. He's one of the cheap options. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the argument. The argument here. He's you're you're getting good money. You're getting a good bang for your buck with Martinez. Everybody else is on very fair contract. Like, you know, Pertangelo, you can't trade him. You just sold, signed part of your soul away to get him. You know what? I actually looking looking at it. I yeah, I'm okay the, with the, Riley so, Smith being okay moved, though. There, so there. Okay, if they, if they had it their way, they would take back their mistake and try to get rid of Dadadnov. Yeah, I don't think he's making enough though, is he? Uh, ugh, they they signed him for a decent contract. Like basically the money that they freed up with Marc Andre Fleury, they gave to him. Knights contracts. Let's look it up. Cap friendly might be able to help us out on that. Yeah, because yeah, because I, I mean that's the thing is like if you if you were looking to get rid of someone like Riley Smith for right. cap space for for him, you can just move Dadnov into that spot and hope hope he clicks with you know Carlson Sim, and March. Simbin so, right? put it perfectly. It's just like when the, when when the deadline comes up here, like. They have teams know that they've got Vegas over the barrel with a phone call because if Vegas hangs up, they can't play. Yeah, like they have to make it. They have to clear space. There is this roster will look different in three months. 
So Alec Martinez is five point two five, yeah. dude. Okay. So uh, maybe you could, that's you maybe a lot of could, money. But they don't want to lose him. They think Alec Martinez is. I, I mean, you've got depth guys that. Uh, it's tough. I, I on, honestly, looking at their roster, they would try to get rid of Dadnov. But yeah. So what's he on right now? Can you look that up? Yeah, Dadnov's five. Riley yeah. Smith is five. If you clear that, so what's what's Eichel's contract though? Uh, I remember the length is like eight years, question. but but I don't know what his ten. Is. Holy fuck! Yeah, so you've and, got and, and Carlson's at five nine. Yeah, so you've got a clear. Oof. You've got. I mean, you're gonna have somebody on IR probably, but then that means you at least got to get what rid of you. You you have to almost move. You have to move sixteen million because they're not gonna. They're. they're I mean, maybe they move Carlson. You, I mean, do you think someone like Chandler Stevenson? Is good enough to be that second-line center? Ste- yes. I think Chandler Stevenson okay. has proved that. No, I think Chandler Stevenson, there's an argument there that he could be the first-line center still. I, I I know that's dumb. Like it, Just a matchup center, I think, yeah. Right. It's But he that man, like, he's every, when everybody was down, he was still a point-per-game player. Yeah, like, Chandler true. Stevenson has been underrated. He's he, Give credit to Vegas. They have found some diamonds in the rough. And Chandler Stevenson's a great acquisition. Where's he from? Uh, Alaska. Who'd co- no, who did he come over from? <laughs> oh, well, it came, a, from, I mean, came from Washington. He, in Washington, yeah. You took you took a guess on that one, and I, yeah, I was like, like uh, Alaska. You're probably an eighty percent chance that if right. I were to ask where's he's where's he from, it's exactly, probably yeah. Alaska. Um, and if you, I, I, I think I remember, I oh, maybe I'm imagining this, but I, I could have swore I remember like a video of like many players in the league saying that he's the fastest guy in the league. Yeah, he's quick. He is quick. So I, it's I. I love that that kind of that speed is there. I think that they're happy with Chandler Stevenson. You know, obviously, Stone's off, uh, Pacioretty's off. Yeah, it's it's it. There there is an argument to be made for any one of the misfits. Do you to think? Be do you think a guy like Haig can play fourth line or fourth fourth pairing minutes? So because Haig's with Petriangelo right now, I mean, he, is he a guy that they really look at? And I mean, you watch more Knights games than me, but like, is he someone that can fit into that top four for the rest of the season and still not make an, a not as enough not as an offensive? Asset. Well, right, but I mean, with Petrangelo, he doesn't have to do much. He doesn't have to have too much offense, right? Sure, sure. So I mean, that's that's the only reason I'm looking at a guy like Martinez. Is I mean, you've or, got you know you've got White Cloud that has stepped up quite a bit, and that that's also been another like developmental thing like he's he's been great whereas most of their other prospects have been busts mm. um unfortunately for them yeah uh, i'm just trying to see where they could shed some contracts and i think having a, a five million dollar player in dadanov on the third line currently i know they want to get rid of him i know they want to get rid of him sure an area and and, and dadanov was supposed to be like a top six guy and he's just not playing like it yeah, and I think you know, but I think I think because he's not playing like it, they're gonna the, the, one of the misfits has to go, right? Agreed. You know, and then and then probably still a D because you you if still they want to get any value, 60, if they, they want to get any sort of value back, like if 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 you're trying to if you're gonna do a Mark Andre Fleury trade, then where you're gonna pay somebody literally, like or or yeah. not that maybe Fleury is not a bad a good example because they just give them away for free, they don't actually give up anything. Um, but like Nate Schmidt, mm. like that—that's a like that was a very one-sided. Like they basically had to pay someone to take him. Mm-hmm. I, just looking at like what it's going to take for 
them to be cap compliant with Carlson and and Eichel, it's almost got to be two misfits and a D. Yep. Almost, and that's tough. That's tough to do, but but you also have a world class player in Jack Eichel. So hopefully I, he's still hopeful. I mean, yeah, I, I don't have any doubt. Like it's Jack Eichel has been surrounded by mediocrity and a terrible organization in Buffalo. I, I genuinely think that he's going to thrive in Vegas. Yeah. Um, or at least I'd like to think so. I don't necessarily, I think it's going to be a little more complicated. I don't think it's as simple as plugging him in between uh, stone and patch ready. Hmm. I think I, for, for some reason in my mind, the world doesn't work. That it, That's just too easy. That's just too easy that he he's plugged in there, and they just have ultimate chemistry, and everything just works out, and it's one of the greatest lines in the NHL, blah, 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 blah. I just, I don't, that's not how hockey works. Like, there's just right. no way that the, the, the hockey gods will smile upon them, and it just works out that way, where Eichel has immediate chemistry with both of them, and it works. I, I don't, that's just not how hockey works sometimes. I think that's almost perfect. So I think... If I'm looking at it from like, it's got to be two misfits, and realistically, I think I think you even look at moving Carlson just because uh, center wise, I think Chandler Stevenson can You've also easily gotta, fill right in behind Eichel. Agreed, but also look at it from like a player type perspective too. Like you're, if you put Eichel on that first line with Stone and Patch ready, you've got three guys with three very different playing styles. Mm-hmm. You've got Stone, who is at his heart a superstar playmaker. Mm-hmm. You've got Pacioretty, who is uh, and a two-way like a playmaker and one of the best two-way players in the game. Mm-hmm. You've got Pacioretty, who is a goal scorer. You know he's your sniper. He's the guy that you you pass the puck to. I mean, it happens all the time. Stone, most of Stone's assists are to Pacioretty, where he buries it. Mm-hmm. He's a goal scorer, but he's not necessarily a good two-way player, and he doesn't. He's always a shoot-first guy. Then you've got Eichel, who. I mean, what, what would you classify Eichel? I think he's two way. I think he. I think he's a goal scorer and a, a, a dish. He's I'm just. Not con- I'm he's, not convinced that he's a two way. I know he's got his offensive game down, but I'm not convinced on the D. It's not really that. I mean, you, I mean, you were you were talking. You know, is he a setup guy or is he a goal scorer? And I think in that regard, he's a two way player. I think he's he can do both very well. Um, I think he's more of a goal scorer, honestly, than than a setup guy. But like I honestly I I if I'm if I'm DeBoer those and three aren't speed. those three he's aren't on speed. the line for me. Whereas Stone Stone's while he's one of the best two way players in the league he's not fast, and neither is Pacioretty. Yeah, I for me I don't think those three are on the line. I, I agree. I, 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 I honestly agree. Like, yeah. I, I understand on paper and they'll try it and I'm and I don't right. blame them for. Or trying they'll be on the power it. play. Like, right, right. I I don't blame them for trying it. I think they should honestly, mm-hmm. but. I just, for, for some reason, there's just something inside of me that says it, that won't work out in some way, shape, or form. I, I, I think that maybe putting Eichel between, you know, if everybody, well, I, it's hard to it's hard to pick past that. Because I was about to say, like, between Marcheseau and Smith or something. But that, you know, one of those players has got to go if Eichel's there. So, right. We'll see. I don't know. Um, they've got center depth issues. So, I think that that makes Carlson a safe bet. Um, that pushes, you know, that, that sucks, but that relegates arguably two, you know, two centers, Chandler Stevenson and William Carlson that are arguably first and second line centers that definitely relegates them to the third because you can't put Jack Eichel on the third line. 
Yeah, I, you're you're never gonna do that. I, that's what I'm saying. It just depth wise, I think it has it has to be a center and a winger, probably from that misfit line, and then still probably a D. Yeah, that's you're breaking up the Carl. You're breaking up the misfit line and Carlson. I mean, with how well Chandler Stevenson's playing, we're look, you're looking at Will Bill Carlson rounding up the third line center. Right. Oh man, I yeah I don't uh, don't envy I, that. Yeah, I don't envy being McPhee. I honestly, I I I would love to be a GM. Right. But this is because these are you know these are the things that are fun. This is why you know this is why I buy NHL <coughs> video <Right>. games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But okay, uh, yeah. Let's let's uh, let's burn through some quick topics. Um, okay. Evander Kane still sucking at life. Still yeah, not, he's still, He's Barracuda right now. He's in Barracuda. Um, does he? A okay. Quick questions for you. Does Evander Kane play another game in the NHL? Yes. Does he play another game in the NHL with the San Jose Sharks? No. Who takes Evander Kane? And Carolina. Does he, does he get, does he get <laughs> traded? Yeah, uh, yeah, for fucking peanuts. Is, okay, so that would be a fall. Is that a good – is it going to be – is San Jose going to get any the, – the rumor out there is that San Jose is willing to take half his contract. That – Get some closer to a first round pick that way, which is fine. But I still think they only get a second or a third. I just fuck. That's it's. This isn't a situation though where it's chemistry and like it's just not working out kind of thing. This guy has. This has happened three times. Mm-hmm. He has literally been on three teams now, where the locker room is literally like, "We fucking hate this guy. Get him <laughs> off our team." Probably every team he's played for the NHL has had Probably, that. and, and t- kudos to him. Like, he's still a dick, and yet he still finds work. So great, because usually in this world, uh, sometimes you being a dick outweighs how good you are at something. Yeah, it costs you twenty five grand too. That, too. Um, but, God, he's uh, it, like, it happened in Buffalo. It happened in Winnipeg, and now it's happened in San Jose. Like, they, they, uh-huh. the, you, you've, got the, you've got players that literally won't play if he's on the team. Right. So I, I don't know what you do with that because if you're if you're if like on the surface it makes sense with a with a thirty goal scorer it makes sense to try to like put him on a cup contender at the deadline. But any team that's got a cup contending team, do you really want to throw him in the mix and fuck up the chemistry in your locker room? What's his What's his contract? Because I think that plays a big role. If if teams can take that bet, uh. I think it's going to be a team that maybe is a little bit further from a cup than, say, you know, a team like Carolina or a team like, fuck, I mean, Toronto's looking pretty damn good right now. I know we hate Toronto, but... Oh, God, I would love for Toronto to take him. It's not going to, oh. be, it's not going to be one of those teams that's like a surefire contender right now. It's going to be a team like uh, like the Penguins or, you know, some someone like that that's and Someone that's still trying that, to stay relevant? Yes, take that flyer. I feel like and, Malkin and maybe, would just kill him oh yeah Malcolm but it's but we're but him. this is like seriously a situation where like he's gonna score 30 goals and celebrate all of them by himself <laughs> like he's gonna he's he's gonna light the lamp and just hug himself as everybody else skates back to the bench for the handshake i mean i'd pay money to watch that though <laughs> <laughs> he let, let me so i just looked at his contract because i think contract's gonna i you know contract was gonna play a big role right right he is seven million a year he isn't an unrestricted free agent until the twenty five twenty six season. Uh, Holy fuck! 
That's a rough contract. They're fucked. I mean, they they either have to buy him out because they can't trade him, or you know, they're they're not gonna be able to trade him. There's just looking at his contract now. There's no way. There's no way. Nobody's taking a chance on that. They're gonna have to buy him out. I think Sharks are gonna go into a full rebuild if if they don't show. They they played pretty well up until this point. So maybe they do. Maybe they do think that they have a little bit of a shot, and they're not ready for a rebuild quite yet. Uh, they played pretty good so far in a in a weak Pacific Division. Um, but fuck, yeah, he's a buyout candidate because there's no way no nobody's taking on his seven million. Even if they retain fifty percent, I don't think anyone wants him at three and a half for the next fucking Jesus. What four right? Years? Like, if, like, like maybe on. you could hold your nose and handle him for like half a season just to get the goals. And right. then you're like, I mean, all right, we can handle, like, we can we can get him in and out before he does something stupid again. Right. If I'm if I'm a team like the Penguins or, or someone like that, and you know, three and a half for the rest of this half season, right? If you think about it at the trade deadline, mm-hmm. um, maybe you know, like I think I'm I'm probably going to take a flyer on him there. I'm not going to take three and a half for the next fucking four or three years after that for just some guy to be a fucking cancer like i'm just not gonna do it like if the only reason i said carolina is just d'angelo of course sure right but But d'angelo is but that's a perfect example of a redemption story d'angelo like even if he hasn't changed his beliefs or anything he's at least learned to keep his fucking mouth shut well and it's his beliefs are fine whatever everybody's entitled their own opinion sure right He's more they, politically charged, whereas Kane's just like a garbage human idiot. being. He's just shitty in general. But right, like, like it's it's not even pl- it's not even politics. Like he's but D'Angelo, just D'Angelo. is on a one year contract, and right? he's and he's going to get resigned. You know I mean, it. He, he's earning the it. way he's the way he's played. He should get resigned. He he's a good fucking hockey player. It's the same thing with Kane. Kane is a very he's a good hockey player. He's a very good. He can he can fill in a first line. But we haven't role. heard word he one from D'Angelo since this since he got his second chance. I like don't he even got know if there. D'Angelo can talk right now. Like right. he well, should. Sure. <laughs> like oh he's on he's on COVID protocol right now. Can you imagine how fucking livid he is at the moment? If this was New York Rangers D'Angelo, he'd be on a goddamn tirade right now calling up Donald Trump. Oh yeah. But is he getting a pardon from COVID from Donald? Fuck, I don't. Maybe, yeah, maybe, perhaps. Probably, yeah. Don, Donald comes down and I need to see my boy D'Angelo on the ice. Hashtag twenty 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 one was rigged. Fuck. Free, hashtag <laughs> free D'Angelo. Free, free D'Angelo. D'Angelo. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, I could see that, but no, but it, it regard. I mean, again, regardless of he's just a politically charged dude. That and oh, God, when you're cooped up. When we're all cooped up in our house during quarantine, like, yeah, everybody's going to get a little nuts on Twitter. Um, he went extra crazy. But uh, in any case, like, he's 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 learned his lesson. Like, he's being quiet now. All these hockey players have strong opinions, and many of which are not good uh, one way or the other. But he's he's learning that he's, he's, he's doing everything that he needs to do to not be on the right. And that's probably what they told him. They're like, look, we're going to give you a shot. We know you're a good hockey player, but you have to not make the headlines at all. And that's what he's doing. Whereas Kane can't seem to stop fucking doing that. If that makes any sense. I don't know. It's it's tough to actually, like, sit back, put yourself in that position and go, like, all right, would I shut the fuck? Should I, would I shut my mouth, too? Uh, I don't know. But in Kane's position, like... Just stop being like he's doing like shitty human being things, and <laughs> that it's what makes I don't know that can that can make a locker room toxic. Um, anyway, moving on from Evander Kane, 
Uh, Montreal is uh, in a tailspin. No, come on, dude. They'll come out of it. You th- you think that they're uh, they're they're a shoe in for? I love all. I want to go back to all the threads that we got into arguments on on Twitter with Montreal <clears throat> fans and just tell them, like, hey, how are things? Hey guys, uh, what's going on? How, We're back. How how is that you're for real shit going on right now? <laughs> it's working out really well for me and my family. Yeah, it's great. Me and my family. Fam- huh. Family. Uh-huh. Uh yeah. Oh, that's they're, a they're... lot of French. That had like Pepe. Oh, yes. Pepe Le Pew. Yes. Uh Celine Dion. Celine. Oh, love Celine. She should be the next GM of the Montreal Canadiens. Is she, did she apply? I I think that she was uh somebody wrote her name in. Oh boy. Like her, like Harambe in the fucking yes, 2016. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I do appreciate for the first time ever, like the new leadership. It sounds like they are going to embrace a rebuild, which they've needed to do for a while. Hundred um, percent. So I, I like that. I think that that's. I, I think they're finally on the right track because, at in the at the heart of it, there is a solid young core here. It's just you can't mm-hmm. you can't push these kids. They're not. This is not a. Let's compete. Back to the Stanley Cup team. This is a we have a promising core of play. Like they need to be on Red Wings, Ducks level, and not Tampa level. You know what I mean? They should have decided rebuild as soon as Price was out. Agreed, hundred percent. Because and Price Price is their fucking brick wall. Yep. He's the only reason that they for made one it as ha- far as they did made it as far as they did. Yeah, for sure. But the other the other thing, he's the only reason they haven't gone into full rebuild is because right. of him. Right. Uh, because it's you know it would have been hard you can't to retain. Move, you attendee. can't move his contract. True. So he's stuck with you, and if you that, and I think that that's probably what has instigated all of this. Like now, Carey Price is gone. Uh, it's you know you can make an argument that he's probably never coming back. I don't know. Um, yeah, I saw him putting up a Christmas tree on Twitter the other I day. Saw that so too. he's you know he's living his best life. Yeah, he's he's gonna he's get living his family ten time. and, ten and, and there's half no, a year. And there's no rush with them with them yeah. finally embracing a rebuild. Like he has no reason to come back quick anytime soon. So right. Um, yeah, that's it's that's you know whatever. Um, I, honestly, I I'm still in the in in the boat that you know Berg Bergevin never deciding to rebuild is what made price insane yeah i honestly think so i mean he was literally dragging these teams into the playoffs kicking and screaming 100 percent, dude yeah 100%. Um, uh speaking of frustration uh the ducks former gm uh he's got an attitude problem yeah he threw tantrums as an adult <laughs> uh i don't God know I, I guess there's not much to say about that it's it just from from the little bit of information that we know, it sounded like he was, he literally got fired for being a an alcoholic dick. Yeah, hundred percent. Like he and was he just an, he was just been. an angry asshole, and nobody could tolerate it anymore. If he's running a Fortune five hundred company in any other fucking industry, he's already been canned. And the Ducks did exactly what they were supposed like, especially in this 100%. hot environment. Like we're we're in you know we're we're a month removed from Kyle Beach. Uh huh. Um, like the NH, everybody is just sharpening their fucking pitchforks right now for any sort of scandal that dribbles out. And the ducks are like, Nope, we are not, we are not going to be the next Chicago Blackhawks. We are not dealing with this shit. Uh, no, absolutely not. Goodbye. They handled it actually really well, which is yes, surprising. They did. 
hundred percent. They uh, as soon as they started, as soon as as soon as the investigation, like the gathering of information on the investigation, was complete, they put him on leave. Yeah, immediately. And I think they even like they made it. They didn't even like complete the full investigation. They like no. got enough, and they're like, nope, we got we don't we don't need to keep doing this. We're we got it. If there's an investigation into your GM for that that kind of shit and behavior and stuff, put him on leave. What right. you know? And yep. yeah, it's honestly like it was the model of what NHL teams should be doing, and instead of just brushing it under the rug like we like right like right. like any other yeah any other yeah, NHL majority. team you'd have been like. I mean, like, yep, it's that, those are the people that you have to deal with to succeed in this business. And uh, I need my captain and my other goal scorer to re- to go on camera see, and say and that I'm a great person. At right, least. and thankfully that era is finally past us. Like we are, we're finally phasing out people like Mike Babcock and John Tortorella. Where and Murray, we've always, yeah, hundred percent. And Murray, like where we we've dealt. It's this idea that we have to deal with their shitty behavior because they're good at what they do. Yeah. And yeah. it's starting to re- you're starting to in but again now now I I understand we're not totally out of that because you're a cancel you're such a cancel culture guy yeah me yeah totally yeah absolutely well it's just it dicks cancel like legitimate dicks shit. like that's not I am not I'm the least soft person on the planet I can take verbal criticism and fucking if, even if you're gonna throw like you know some Garrett or something at me they hit me on the back of my helmet or something yeah I give you shit like, all the time yeah I'll even yeah exactly I'll I'll deal with that shit but. Like to the that level, like when coaches like blatantly like scratch players right before like their first game or something like that. Jesus. Oh my! Like Babcock was famous for that, and I oh, like the the old two thousand eight Red Wings team. They used they, like post interviews like Commodore and Franz, and they'd all talk about like they they won that cup in despite of Babcock, not uh-huh. because of him. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's right, the old like, like Herb he was Brooks, a, the old Herb Brooks mentality, huh? Well, I think Herb Brooks was a good coach, but yeah, it's, I mean, so I mean, I think, but I, think I could Babcock, argue Babcock was still was still a good coach, um, but he was an asshole. No, he didn't. I mean, what was his? So he had success with the Ducks early on, mm-hmm. and Won then he went cup. to, and they went to the Red Wings. But so right, but that that Ducks team was, stacked. I, I want to say, yeah, it was pretty stacked. They had Niedermeyer, Pronger. They had they had all, they had okay, Getzoff yeah, and Perry on their third. That's line. a stacked like, team a that stack you could team. argue would win with almost any competent coach true, he goes to the true. red he goes to the red wings with arguably one of the best rosters like in in the 2000 in the 2000s right um arguably the last 20 years like that was such a stacked team um it was ridiculous like that yeah. i think that team still had dominic hashik on it i'll play a little devil's advocate though i mean it still takes a, a good coach to get a team of stars to play together and well sure but like it's I don't know like I, I like John Cooper's attitude on it like he chewed gum like he's got like look at like how many coaches do we see where they're one hit wonders yeah like Barry, Barry Melrose has a fucking show which God he looks not good on ESPN now like he's getting old he's getting old and tired and he's starting to wear, wear fucking crazy suits he no but he no like he's the opposite he's not even like getting energy he's like he looks tired and <laughs> and done he's got a t-shirt and jeans on. Yeah, he's he's Good not him. he's not doing well anymore. Like it's more like an old car salesman suit. Nice. Yeah, like thrift store <laughs> shit. He um, fucking got Goodwill. He's not. He's just not handling it. Well. I would. Um, I would argue that's also what fucking Cherry was. He just literally would walk sure. into the nearest Goodwill. But and Cherry find was it. still like animated. Like at least he still kept the energy going, even though he was saying crazy shit. Whereas Milleros looks tired. 
Um, yeah. But Mer- Barry Miller-Rose, like, he won that cup with them, with Tampa, and fuck. Or he didn't win a cup with Tampa. That was Tortorella. But anyway. Um, yeah. It's the, this, the continuous successful coaches. Like, John Cooper, I think we've gotten to the point now where hockey players are skilled enough and they know enough about their level of talent and their style where you just need a coach that lets them, like, you put them in a situation where they are their best person. Whereas the old school coaches, Babcock, Torts, they want you to tailor your game to their system. Torts, yeah. Yeah, like, those, we'll, yeah that's Like, we will, we will win. Because, I don't, line A, I don't care if you're a goal scorer. You are going to learn how to play defense. And I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that everybody needs to improve in their game, but there's just like, go go up to Milan Lukic and be like, "All right, man, I need you to learn how to be a dangler." <laughs> like, like it's just not gonna happen. Uh-huh. So when you try to force players to play into a system that is against their nature, like, no, you need to create. It's the coach's responsibility to create a system in which all of the all of their players flourish with their natural skill set. Yeah, I agree. I that's the, that's especially where the game's at now. You know, maybe maybe twenty years ago, where hockey players were certainly not as good as they are now. It, it, let's be real. In the old NHL, even in the early two thousands, like goons could still thrive. Yeah, Scott. If you had somebody, because the game was auto, it was auto leveling, like. If you got a fast, you know, Sidney Crosby or Martin St. Louis or something like that out there that's trying to, you know, uh, go coast to coast, you've got a stop, you've got a Scott Stevens out there that's going to take his fucking head off. I appreciate you not saying Paul Correa. I wasn't going to say And then Paul also Korea. saying Scott Stevens. No, but it I mean Paul <laughs> I mean that that is an appropriate example. Um but yeah, I mean, Scott Stevens is the first thing that comes to mind. Like the number of times where the guy skates out of his zone, just gets right across his blue line, and then Scott Stevens like comes out of fucking nowhere and just takes their head off. Mm-hmm. You know, like as they as they're like accepting a pass, like they <laughs> like the pass the, the puck left the passer's stick. It hasn't even blown up. right. It hasn't even gotten halfway to the guy that's receiving the the the, the, the pass, and he just gets <laughs> demolished. <laughs> Honestly, with like, Scott Stevens, the, sometimes he sometimes the pass didn't even need to be there. Right, exactly. Scott it didn't Stevens matter. would just be like, "There's a guy skating up towards me. <laughs> Might as well blow his fucking head off." Like the How, guy, when's the last time this guy was injured? He probably needs one. The, <laughs> like he's fucking refereeing the injuries. The, guy, the, the fucking the guy. Um, like the guy would get hit, and like the pass would get to him, but it would like it would it would hit like his arm because he was laying out cold on the ice. <laughs> Because he had no, like, the puck was not even remotely close. To, he didn't even know he was getting a pass. <laughs> He's skating to the bench. Stevens is like, well, fucking clocked. Stevens like, well, he was gonna get a pass. Like, well, he was on the ice. He was one of the five <laughs> players skaters on the other team. He was maybe gonna get a pass. It's right. not my fault. Right? You're looking at even, me for it. Even the old school Cronwalls. <laughs> well, Cronwall- like he. he well, Cronwall he, okay, was he, very, he was very, like, for being a big hitter that Cronwall was, he was very clean. That's fair. 95% of the time. Let's say in the early years, I don't know that's, about that. But, yeah, that's but sure. I mean, yeah, but, yeah, the days of big hits where you can neutralize a guy's quick, skilled players are over. Like, you just can't yeah. do that anymore. Yeah. Between rules and how the game is going that direction, you can't. So you have to... Players can't even it out, so now you've got to play for what you've got on your roster. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, last but not least, so we talked about Eichel. Um, the NHL is getting pissy with coaches who yell at refs because refs <laughs> because it's, Soft. it's it's a twenty five thousand dollar fine for hurting the refs' feelings. Yeah, I mean, you know, me back in college, I coached probably like ten games and I got kicked out of three of them. Yeah. Yep. Because I called him a cotton headed ninny muggins or whatever it is. Yeah, something. Yeah, something that was just ridiculous. Just I got, so I, mean. I, Oh, I've gotten <laughs> warned multiple times by a ref. There's, there's one Agnew, that fucking cocksucker. I hope he listens to this podcast. There was a guy in Coeur d'Alene. I don't remember. I wouldn't know his name, but I was coaching and I fucking handed him a, a spare stick off the bench and said, "Here's your fucking stick, you blind <laughs> fuck." <laughs> and he booted me so fast. <laughs> I was kick. I think I got kicked out of that game in the first period. That's about right. Mm-hmm. That's about right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, I mean, just classic. One, another thing that the NHL is p- poorly fucking handling. Um, people <laughs> love, it, it makes great television when re- when coaches get angry at refs. I it's love it. It's a great it. shouting match. Yeah. And and honestly, like, what is, what does the NHL hope to accomplish? Like, you think that us not seeing the refs get yelled at by coaches is going to stop us from thinking that the refs aren't doing their job well? Think about the children, Chance. Uh, ref NHL refing has only gotten worse in the last 15 years. It's not getting better. Yeah. Like we still don't no one knows st- the 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 age old answerable questions in the last 10 to 15 years that have developed in hockey, we still don't have answers for. We've just accepted them. Like no one still people still don't know what goalie interference is. So so my they, It's not my, like they've cleared that up. We've just no. now we just have accepted that no one knows what the fuck it is. And <laughs> any any goalie interference call could be like, well, maybe. <laughs> it's possible. I don't yeah, know. There's a good chance. Well, we'll see here. He he was you skated close to him. Yeah. It, it but that's literally what it is sometimes. Yeah. I it's it's so funny. <laughs> What a what a cross check it! Remember back in the old days when a cross check was I don't know you know like a like a cross check a cross check yeah no, I know I now those days. now I have no idea what the cross check is anymore. I just for me like the thing with yelling at the ref so so <coughs> Brindamore getting a getting a fine for that bullshit. I'm not allowed to tell people that are doing shitty at their job that they're doing <laughs> shitty at their job. What the fuck kind of fucking what kind of bullshit is this? Or at least if, at least you have to look nice. Like I can I can see one of these coaches skirting the because so I don't quote me on this, but I heard that it these can be called by the people who's running the video feed of the game. So I, if you it were looks, saying that's unreal. So if it looks like you're being if it looks like you're being mean to the ref, you can get fined. Don't furrow your brow too right. Exactly. Like if you're screaming and yelling at him, and it looks like you're being mean, then you can get the fine. So like I would love a coach like who's all smiley and happy to like figure it out. Like. Learn how to just smile at him and be like, you are absolutely a garbage person and not good at your job in any way. Have a great day. It's like it's like they say when you talk to dogs, right? If you say it yes. in the right pitch, right? Oh, they don't know what you're saying, but you're like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, you. You're a fucking <laughs> dipshit. You're an idiot. Put shit in the house, ref? you fucking dummy. Yeah. Who's a fucking dumb ref? You are. <laughs> yes, you are. Oh, that was a terrible call, you fucking dipshit. I'm smiling, though. <laughs> Fine's on you. 25 for you. You ref. can take that $25,000 and shove it up your ass. <laughs> Great call. I just I just like to, you know, I think, I'll, I think 
you know, all this Brindamore thing has shown me is that coaches need to fall back onto sarcasm a lot more. Yeah. You know? Oh, that was a great call, little guy. Mm-hmm. That was so good. You did so good. You're doing as good as I would expect you to do in this position. <laughs> Fucking dumb. That's that business email tone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's not great. Um, oh, okay. Uh, rookie race. Um, real quick. The uh, it's it's looking real good for my Red Wings. Um, we've got three solid contenders. You've got one guy on your squad that's uh, also making it interesting. Uh-huh. Um, Who I don't know, on, we'll... honestly, the rookie rules are bullshit. He shouldn't have. He shouldn't even be in the race, oh, in okay. my opinion. I love okay. Zegers, but he played twenty three games, and I think the rookie, like, in the same reason that Michael Bunting is in the fucking race this year, is because he's played. He played like fifteen games last year or something. Gotcha. Okay. So stupid. But anyways. We've got Next. we've got three solid contenders um, with Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider getting back to back rookies of the month. I think that's a strong candidate. Um, arguably, it's going to be. We could take bets on it now, but arguably next next month's December's uh, rookie of the month is either going to be Zegras or Nedeljkovic. Yeah, yeah, I I wouldn't disagree with that. I think, and it's funny because Zegras did this last year. He kind of started out slow. Um, and then came on hot, and I think he's starting to really come on hot. His line—they finally put him with some fucking scores. So like he could he could definitely make a push for it. But man, you watch Lucas Raymond, and it's crazy because you and I you and I had like I watched Raymond, and if he would have fallen to the Ducks in that draft, I would have been completely ecstatic with them taking him. But at fourth overall, I still I he had a couple question marks. And last year in the SHL. He even had multiple question marks because he didn't have any sort of a year in his his draft plus one year that would have been like, oh, man, this guy's going to rip up the fucking league. He's ripping up the fucking league as a rookie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just it's just more Iserman there's, fucking magic. And there's something to be said here. Right. It's it's the Iser plan. I, Iserman's got an eye for talent. But also, like, there's also something to be said about the development process here. And I think teams need to start looking at their AHL teams differently. Yes. Look at all these these players were not cooked in the AHL and I think too many teams put too much stock in cooking players and developing them in the AHL. All these players got better by playing in pro leagues overseas. I think there so I would argue with that. I think there's a, okay. I think there's multiple ways to do it. No. Um so being a homer one of the guys so jacob perot is a great example for the anaheim ducks so he he had a pretty good year in the ohl he had a decent year last year in the ahl he's ripping up the ahl this year right and if that translates to the nhl but but right but that doesn't mean anything sometimes ahl stars do nothing in the nhl i i i think honestly i i i don't disagree with your point i think i think it definitely you know um, KHL, SHL, those kind of leagues are very good for these players, um, you know, and, and to, to translate right over to the NHL is just phenomenal. I think the SHL in particular is very good for offensive creative players to come over and, and join the, the league, you know, the next year, say, right? Look, mm-hmm. look at Elias mm-hmm. Pettersson. Um, I think the S- I think it speaks more on the SHL than anything yeah. i think the shl yes. is a very strong league i think yes. i think the league, the nhl in general is starting to see how how valuable the shl is versus even the, somewhere even, even the like german the KHL. league to a degree 
Yeah, I don't disagree. I think you know, there's there's definitely guys like degree, Reichel. There's something there's something to be earned there. I think I uh-huh. think I would if there's anything that I could say, I think it's like Cider, for example. Like he, there's a lot of toughness in the German league. True, and which plays perfectly that, into his game. Yes, and then when you go to the Swedish leagues, you're obviously going to develop passing because that's just what I mean. A lot of their teams are based around passing. Um, but when you play, it's different. The AHL, you've got so many roster transactions happening every day. You don't know who you're playing with. You can't build any chemistry. It feels like you're just, you know, it's, it's almost like dropping hockey sometimes. Yeah. And, yeah. and your half your team is, you know, borderline fourth line guys in the NHL that could get the call up anytime, but they know they're not getting any solid minutes. Like they're, they're there because every once in a while, maybe they'll go on like a 10 to 15 game stretch. If somebody gets hurt on the big squad. Mm-hmm. The other, the other, you know, it's and then the other half are aspiring young guys, and it's just it's there's. Whereas the Swedish league, you've got, I mean, those guys are, are they going to make it? No, but the, but that's them, and they're playing hockey. They care about they care about that squ- that arena in front of them that mm-hmm. they're at that night. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, yeah, I think I, that's a great. I mean, it's a good good point, right? I think they're. I think the SHL and the KHL are so far removed from the pipeline of the NHL, and I think that's it's what really you're like getting you can at. Learn more there than you can in the AHL. I disagree with that. I I okay. will say I think I think the difference is the the pipeline to the NHL going through the AHL versus the SHL is. You can play almost a full season in the SHL and and not even expect to get drawn up to the NHL. Yeah, and I think and I think that's what you were start, starting to kind of get at. I think that's more important than you know not not knowing what your line mates are going to be um, because I mean, because you look at a guy like Raymond, you could look at a guy like Alexander Holtz that played over in the SHL last year too. Those those guys weren't getting a ton of minutes regularly, mm-hmm. and I think. You know, I think so. I think I think that kind of you know. I mean, cider was, those but, legals. but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, cider. So I mean, but I, cider I think, was defenseman of the year in the Swedish league, uh, German league, right? He no. played German league in his last season with the with the Swedish league. He was defenseman of the year. Oh fuck! See, I thought he I thought he came up in the. Um... No, he did. But what I'm saying is like so before this. This current year with the Red Wings, he played an entire season last year with the in the Swedish league. Ah, uh, that's a that's such an Iserman thing. He just he's ahead of everyone. Yeah, yeah. He's and he won and he won defenseman of the year. Yeah, 28, 28 points in forty one. Yeah, with Rogel, which is a very good team. But sure. anyways, I, I I I agree with you. I think I think there's I think because both of those leagues, the SHL and the KHL, they're playing against men, which I think is extremely important for their development. Uh, where yes. the AHL, the AHL in that regard, if you're looking at it from a development standpoint, is doing the exact same thing. They're playing its men. I mean, a lot, you know, majority of of the AHL rosters are are men, thirty uh, year olds, that kind of shit, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think the difference there is, uh, like, like a guy like Raymond, like a guy like Cider, difference to someone in that exact same position in the AHL is the odds of someone getting pulled up from their team into the NHL in that season, or even themselves into the NHL that season is much higher. And so I think it, it's kind of, it, I think mindset wise that plays a role. Whereas SHL and KHL they're, they're just there to focus on their game. 
there's a very good chance they're probably not coming over till next year. And, and these GMs are probably telling them they're not coming over until next year. Get get better this year, right? And I think I think that's I think that has a, a bigger role to play. But I, I would I would be an idiot not to or, you know I would be an idiot to disagree with you on the fact that the SHL and the KHL are just great leagues to to kind of let your let your prospects cook in for a year. I think that's great because. In, in North America, they almost can't cook in the AHL just because of NCAA and OHL rules, WHL rules, like junior rules and shit. They can't cook in the AHL that first year and play against men. Uh, last year was was an exception. Um, and I think, I think a, a perfect example for your point is some of the Ducks prospects that were able to get some AHL time last year and cook a little bit in the AHL when, when OHL and shit like that were out are, are seeing more progression you know, in in their second year out of the draft, then a lot of players who sat in the OHL for two years are going to see, and so I think that play, I think that in that I can definitely agree with that the SHL and uh, you know German league to a lesser extent are are huge for is playing its men for a full year, right? You're getting a full schedule against those guys, and I think I think you know even Raymond having a subpar year last year, he knew what it was going to take because the, some of those guys are. That's the third best league in the in the world, you know. I mean, you know, I I would probably go NHL, KHL, SHL, AHL, right? So I mean, that's the third best league in the world, and and he he was able to just develop his game the way it was supposed to be played, and then move right into the NHL. And I think, yeah, it's 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 awesome to see what he's doing. And, and Cider, same thing to a lesser extent, just because of, you know, he's I mean playing first first line minutes there. And uh, really having to play a lot more defensively than offensively, so I think even ne- like next year we could see Cider very quickly, um, you know, start to turn the corner towards a headman type thing, right? Where like, you know, coming from that Swedish defenseman uh, area, I guess uh, is is completely possible. But yeah, I think it's super beneficial. I mean, the, you know, sending them back for two, two, three years into the junior leagues here because of the the weird arrangement that the AHL and the juniors have with some of those young players is is somewhat detrimental so i i I, i'm with you i love i love them being able to play uh khl not as much just because i know they they sign big contracts over there right and so like khl young guys it takes them a little bit to come over here and i think you know kaprizov is is an example of that right like it took him forever to get over here because of the contract that he signed yep um, but uh, yeah, SA, that's why I think the SHL is a perfect league. And Iserman was just like, "Why aren't we doing this, right. idiots?" And I, I think you he's going to use that. Oh yeah, yeah it's a fucking. There's, there's a lot of good pipeline. talent there. The perfect. Pipeline. Um, it, real quick to to move after moving off from the rookie race, uh, Alex Novelkovich is sitting at a two point five eight goals against average and a point nine two three save percentage. It's pretty nice. It's pretty good. Uh, seven wins and three losses on a Red Wings team that has no expectations whatsoever yeah it it just show it goes to show you like man even flipping for verona and a first line or first round pick eiserman's just a wizard i forget sometimes that verona's coming back like this team is already doing quite like i'm gonna i'm gonna stick it i'm i'm i am despite the haters i am sticking with my original prediction that the Red Wings are going to lose in the first round this year. Yeah, their first round exit, but they, still, even even if they get four playoff games with Sider, Nijelkovic, and uh, and and Raymond and Verona, 
And, well, Verona's and, coming well, back in. Verona's coming back in 2020. But he's had, he's had some playoff experience. What I'm saying is, even but if the, they get the squad swept. altogether, yes, I know. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's like just it's, huge. They'd, get, they'd get bounced. They're not deep enough. But I I see them with Verona coming back. That gives you a first line of Raymond, Larkin, and Verona. Or or you can. I, I think mean, you, you can all be Tuzzi. You, then you can then you can throw Verona on a second line yeah. with um with Zadina which might finally spark his fucking offense and Robbie Fabry or yeah. Pius Sutter Pius Sutter's in between them who's also having a, a good year or naming your stink off uh, who's also having a resurgence for some reason mm-hmm. oh I, Sutter I, Pius Sutter is I I love I like watching him actually he's he's fun to watch he's a he's great a third line center yeah he's a good player. I, I I think that you, that's a fair point. I, he is playing second line minutes right now, but yes, I understand. Yes, uh, yeah. But when Verona gets, is Verona does he have any center experience? He's a winger. Right? Uh, I think he does have a little bit third line stuff, but he's a he's a left winger. Heart. He's know? a left winger. Okay, and that's and that's fine. We don't need we don't need centers. I I think that especially especially when uh, Tyler Bertuzzi is not playing in Canada. Um, yeah, I I think that it it's only gonna make this team better. And it'll bounce. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we could get rid of fucking Michael Rasmussen. God damn it. <laughs> he's fucking, he's just, we ha- we just have these cancers still left over from the fucking Ken Holland era, and he's just not good. The, they'll just, those are just ones that Iserman's just going to weed out. He is. He is. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, Rasmussen's a plug, but it's, it's, the sad part is, it's just like when the team was bad last year and the year before and the year before that, Rasmussen blends in because he's just, that's, that's the team. Yeah, it's a bu- it's a bunch of Rasmussens and Dil- and Dylan Rasmussen. Larkin. <laughs> Whereas now, like, like be- especially because like you know how rosters shift and IR and all that kind of stuff, like Rasmussen is like playing with good players, and it's just so blatantly obvious how terrible he is. Like putting Danny DeKaiser on a line with with Moritz Sider makes my heart hurt. It's hilarious. It. it- <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> like, it makes me want to vomit. Like, I audibly go, like, ugh. <laughs> like, how dare like, it's how dare you put this pile of excrement next to this shiny statue of gold that I have? <laughs> do you have like, shrines? Like, <laughs> which, which Detroit Red Wings do you have shrines of right now? <laughs> well, Lindstrom, obviously, from the Golden Age. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm building the, sh- the cider one. But, like, it's, it's, like parking, it's like parking your fucking 89... 89- honda next to my lamborghini like get that fucking thing away from me you ever been to chelios's chili bar no i haven't oh my god it's fucking amazing i believe you chelly it's like chelis or something but they literally i just i got this big old bowl of fucking chili oh it's great was it good i mean it's like fucking chelios is chilling it's like eminem selling mom spaghetti in detroit Oh, okay. Fair, fair <laughs> you enough. You just you go for the you know the beer and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's end on the jerseys. Yeah. Smashville. Uh, so we've got. <laughs> is is there a Winter Classic this year? Uh, there's the Stadium Series is happening. So I know it's Smashville and some. Yeah, but the Stadium Series that's not the Winter Classic. Is there a Winter Classic? There's gotta be, dude. Let me look. I, I haven't classic heard about 2022. it. Twenty twenty two. Winter class. I know we saw the the stadium series, but stadium series is usually like the series of outdoor games. That's not the winter class. Winter classic this year is Minnesota versus St. Louis. Do we have those jerseys? Bah. 
Yeah. Have you seen those yet? Yeah, they're the it's the ones that Minnesota's are ugly as fuck. Oh with yes, the, like, they are tan yep. pants. Yeah, yep, so bad. ugly. So bad, but I think honestly, actually, I hate those more than the Smashville fucking. We're just we are we're in a really bad era. I mean, thankfully the Kraken are solid, but we're in a really bad era for like. I under I understand the challenge of trying to reinvent the wheel nine times. Like I get that. Yeah. Like the NHL the NHL is trying to push merch. Jerseys are a huge selling point. You can flip those bad boys for close to two hundred bucks a pop. It's good money, and they're they're asking a lot to try to remake something that you only have like two or three different you know designs for. I get that. That being said, like there's got to be better ways to do this. Well, why aren't we why aren't we involving like professional fashion designers into this shit instead of just asking the guy that runs the popcorn machine between yeah. the second and third intermission what he looks what a jersey should look like. Or like that's what we're exact, fucking doing. Or maybe it's the exact opposite. Like maybe maybe we're getting oh, maybe like we're high, getting too high much. end designers that know nothing about hockey. Yeah, okay. Like they're I, just I like these are like these are pictures of our jerseys and our logos make something. It's I don't der- know. Maybe it's it is derelict. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's derelict. Exactly. It's not I, blue steel. Honestly, um, what do you, what do you think about the uh, the Devils jersey? Their third. Uh, I I mean I don't I don't <laughs> I don't hate the idea of a black jersey. Yeah. I just the, it's not good. I it's funny because it's I, a ri- I don't like it because it's unoriginal. It's literally a ripoff of the Blackhawks Winter Classic jersey. Yeah. So it's funny because when they first came out, you know, with with it saying Jersey on there, I was like, oh, you know, that's that's not bad. This Jersey's not terrible. And then there was one. I don't know if it was real or not, but there was a picture of Dougie Hamilton wearing a hat. And it was a black hat. It said hat. And it, it said hat. They actually, and I, they're actually selling it. Are yeah, they? Yeah, oh, my God. They're, they're I fucking le- at least, lost at it. At least they're leaning into it and embracing how stupid it is. Oh, I get that. my fuck. But, I lost it. Yeah, no, those, those jerseys are bad. <laughs> they're, they're really bad. Um, it, should say, it should say at least New Jersey. Um, and I, thought, I even saw, like, a worked up one where, like, it, it looked like somebody drew, like, a little horn on the J, like, horns on the J and, like, a little devil's tail on the Y. And, like, it looked good. Like, there's a lot of things they could have done. There's a lot of things they could have done, and honestly, I don't. The black jersey's bad. I, their third jersey should be the fucking Christmas jerseys, and it upsets me greatly that they're not. The red and green ones. Yeah, the fucking yeah. old Christmas jerseys from sick. from the old de- from the early two thousands. Like those need to be the third jerseys, and it upsets me that they're not. Everything old is better. <sighs> not everything. No. No, some some old jerseys need to die, and they need to stay dead. But. There, there's a couple of them. There's, there's some things that need to come to mind. Um, remember, remember, like the oil drop. Yeah, Oilers jerseys. Well, I think that was a third. Oh, you're right. That wasn't it. That was those can those can die. Yeah, those should die. Um, People the, always the, hate on the Islanders one with the fucking oh, fishermen. I like no, I like those. that one. Yeah, I like, I like those. those. People hate on yeah. those all the fucking time. No, I like those. Um, I know this might be controversial. I don't like the Statue of Liberty New York jerseys. Only because the rest of the jersey was plain. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I just I, I felt like it was yeah. it was too busy. Yeah. I felt I, like it was too busy. I yeah, I like I like the logo. I, I don't like what they did with the rest of the jersey on those. But no. I mean you look at like coyotes went back to their fucking kachinas. And that was good because the new one was I now okay. Let me let me let me walk through that for a second. 
the Kachina jerseys are good. They were always good jerseys. I understand. They left the Kachina jerseys because they were associated with failure. <laughs> I, I get that. Like, during the Kachina jersey era, the Coyotes were bad. Right. That being, and they needed to rebrand so they could show that they the team was They had fucking Jeremy in, Roenick back then, dude. What are you talking the, about? The team was in a new, uh, Jeremy, I remember Jeremy Roenick wearing the Coyote head jerseys. Mm. Um, but in any case, like, that organization needed a rebrand to show that they were in a new era. Unfortunately, that new era didn't last very long. But I understand why. But there was nothing wrong with the Kachina jerseys. Um, but yeah, thinking back, like it's uh, there, there. There's been some misses. I'm not saying that there haven't. Not all. Not all the old jerseys are good. But um, there's definitely. We're just. We're in an era right now where they're. Maybe they're almost trying too hard. Yeah. I don't know. Like, remember, like, the reverse retros? I remember us talking about those, and I was, I liked maybe five of them. Right. And a couple of them were just because they didn't do anything. <laughs> oh, I loved Colorado's fucking Nordiques, man. Yeah, that was cool. Those were sick. That was good. I'm one of the few people who don't like the Minnesota ones, though I thought those were obnoxious. Oh, you don't like the North Stars, huh? No, I, I like the North Star jerseys. I don't like the obnoxious, like, white and yellow, and mm. it, it just didn't look right to me. Um, but yeah, they're they're doing okay. But no, these stadium series these stadium series jerseys that came out, um, they're bad. They're butt ugly, dude. They're they're really bad. Um, I don't know where they're coming up with this L.A. or the 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 Tampa. Th- I mean, the Tampa. It's just boring. Like it's just a slightly reworked away jersey for the bolt the Lightning. Yeah. And then the Smashville thing. I fuck. I don't know who was thinking that. That's fucking dumb. That's so fucking. D- I I need a Nashville fan. If John Miller's listening to this, I need him to tell me if people in Nashville actually call them Smashville. Like, I, if if that's a thing, then I retract my statement. But honestly, I don't. I, I just I feel like that's something the PR team made up and have been like forcing on them, mm-hmm. and no one actually calls them that. So yeah, that's that's <laughs> rough. <sighs> right. That's yeah. that's really rough. I'm just. I need a hat that says hat. And then I need a jersey that says considerations. Consider jer- jersey for considerations. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Um, we should probably wrap it up. This is one of our longer episodes, but it was worth it because we haven't talked to you guys in a while, and uh, we missed you. So oh. we missed we missed, missed uh, it so much. We missed not hearing from our from our <laughs> listeners. In fact, as we were recording this, we actually got one like on our Facebook page. Holy shit! uh let me let me let's give him a shout out right now all right uh gregory hey what's up buddy gregory liked dusty bender podcast two hours ago uh even ooh, ooh, he's even got a, a hockey he's even playing hockey in his profile pic this one's for greg this one here is for greg out of greg meister what a guy. sticking sticking with us through thick and thin or maybe he's oh, just yeah. a new guy and just discovered us in that case welcome to the show we're happy to have you we're happy to have all of our listeners all all 20 of you yeah um hopefully hopefully uh we can it's get some full consistency roster, going yeah it is a full roster it's not that's not a beer league roster like that's that's a full that's a full, that's man a full unit. fucking comp travel team roster <laughs> <laughs> if we could get all of our listeners and make a team, that'd be great. Oh, could you imagine? We should do the outdoor games. That'd be that'd be sweet. Actually, really we should sick. we should next year start a uh, a fantasy league just for Dusty Bender. Yeah, put that out there and see if you guys would be interested. You could message us if you tell us. Yeah, if I you're could lose. I could lose in that one too. Oh, fuck. <laughs> 
uh, my squad is very much underperforming. I, I can first part of the year I could make excuses and say everybody was injured, but now I don't. I don't have any excuses now. Yeah, team. I just lose for fun now. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, oh, what am I gonna do this week? Oh, I'm just gonna lose. Pretty good. Pretty cool. Holy shit. All right, everybody, thanks again for listening in. Uh, follow us on Facebook, even though we don't really update that right now. Um, Twitter. But, yeah, Twitter. We're, we're active on Twitter. We're active on Twitter pretty good. And then uh, just subscribe to us. That That's a big thing. Subscribe to us on whatever podcatcher you listen. That way you can get all of our episodes and we put them out. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we appreciate you, and we thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy it. See you, Greg. Bye, Greg. Bye, Greg.